0: Or at SacredHeartRadio.com.
1: dot com.
2: It is Monday, the eleventh of December. It is the feast of St. Juan Diego. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, at your first coming, you took flesh of the Virgin Mary. In the present age, dwell in our midst in your mercy and love. At your first coming, you healed the sick and forgave sinners. In the present age, heal and forgive your people. At your first coming, you proclaim the good news of the kingdom. In the present age, teach us to live by the kingdom's laws of love. God all-merciful, you sent your Son into the world through the obedient love of the Virgin Mary to preach the good news of your kingdom to the sick and to the sorrowful, to the sinful and the outcast. By her example and her intercession, increase in your church the life and works of your kingdom as we await his return in glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. San Juan Diego, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here as we make our way through a Monday morning after some intense weather in a lot of different places over the weekend. Hope uh, you are safe. Please keep those who are affected, especially in uh, West Tennessee, in your prayers this morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has a video feed up and running. In the show notes at Sunrise Morning Show. We'll take a look at This Week in Catholic History with Kevin Schmeezing. Rita Heikenfeld has some handmade gift ideas for Christmas for us in our Bible Foods segment. We'll talk about heaven with Father John Gavin and the Catechism and what the Church Fathers have had to say about that. And then Catherine Fishlock has some musical notes for us to uh, reflect upon, and that's a pun intended, in regard to the second Sunday of Advent. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news.
3: Good morning, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said, quote, it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video message yesterday, Netanyahu said dozens of militants have have surrendered as Israel continues trying to wipe the Hamas group out in the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. He said... It will take more time, but his message to Hamas is, it's over. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports.
4: It is like a master plan, he said. Many steps have been taken. Many still need to be made. And unfortunately, at times, steps backwards have been taken. The commitment to human rights is never finished, the Pope said, adding that he is close to all those who work and fight to defend human rights in the concrete situations of everyday life. The Holy Father expressed his joy at the release of Armenian and Azerbaijani prisoners. I look with great hope on this positive sign between Armenia and Azerbaijan for peace, In the South Caucasus, the Pope said, while encouraging both nations with their leaders to conclude a peace treaty as soon as possible. Pope Francis went on to ask for prayers for all peoples suffering from war. We are heading toward Christmas. Are we able, with God's help, to take concrete steps for peace, he asked. While acknowledging the difficulties of resolving conflicts that have deep historical roots, the Pope invited everyone to follow the example of men and women who have worked wisely and patiently for peaceful coexistence. And returning to the issue of human rights, the Pope called for civilians, hospitals, and places of worship to be protected, for hostages to be freed, and for humanitarian aid to be guaranteed in conflict areas. And let us not forget tormented Ukraine, Palestine, and Israel, he added. Finally, with the COP28 conference on climate change drawing to a close in Dubai, Pope Francis asked for prayers for a good outcome for the care of our common home and the protection of populations. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese.
3: Pope Francis has announced the church's first World Day of Children will take place next year. The Pope announced on Friday that the church will celebrate the first World Day of Children next May. Speaking from the window of the Apostolic Palace overlooking St. Peter's Square yesterday, he said the celebration will be in Rome on the weekend of May 25th and 26th. The president of the University of Pennsylvania is resigning after a congressional hearing about anti-Semitism on college campuses. The House is investigating Harvard, MIT, and Penn after their presidents failed to explicitly say that calling for the genocide of Jews violates their code of conduct. On Saturday, UPenn President Liz McGill announced she would be resigning, effective immediately. Meanwhile, Harvard President Claudine Gay has apologized for her response during the hearing, saying threats against the university's Jewish students have no place at the school. Multiple tornadoes in Tennessee have left at least six people dead and dozens injured. Two adults and a child were killed in Clarksville, while three others died in Madison, just north of Nashville. State officials say the tornadoes caused extensive damage across several Nashville suburbs. The National Weather Service says the same fierce storm system is likely to bring thunderstorms to much of the East Coast and heavy snow to the Appalachians throughout the day. With more on that storm, Mark Mayfield reports.
5: Travel advisories and flash flood alerts are in effect for many areas, including New York City, with up to five inches of rain expected to fall. Forecasters are predicting wind gusts of 50 miles per hour or higher from Washington to Boston. Damaging storms are also affecting the south, from Virginia to the Florida Panhandle. I'm Mark Mayfield.
3: Health insurer Cigna is dropping its plans to merge with competitor Humana. The Wall Street Journal reports the two companies could not reach an agreement after working on the idea for weeks. A Cigna-Humana merger would have led to a company with a value exceeding $140 billion. And Jaden Daniels is the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner. The LSU quarterback took home the award given to the player who's been voted to be the best in college football. Daniels scored 50 touchdowns and nearly had nearly 5,000 total yards during his senior season. He was one of four finalists for the Heisman, including Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr., and Oregon quarterback Bo Nix.
2: All right. So, how do you feel about this, Anna Mitchell?
3: Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, okay. he had some pretty incredible stats. Um, I mean, I guess I should say I'm not surprised because he certainly had the the best like personal record, I guess you could say. See, out of the I hate four. that they have to decide but, this
2: now. Because yeah, because
3: the I mean, the bowl season is the bowl season's not huge. Happened. I really thought I thought Michael if, Penix Jr. was going to win. What
2: happens if Washington beats Texas? I what. Actually, I have to be careful about this because I don't want to pit our Sacred Heart Radio West Coast family against our Guadalupe Radio family. Mm
1: -hmm. What
2: happens if Washington beats Texas and he has like a career game? Yeah, and then goes and plays in the national championship.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a weird time to do. I mean, it's based on the regular season, which I get, but I get that. Still, I really do a
2: postseason Heisman like they do a World Series MVP. Something yeah, I don't know.
3: I don't know. I don't know. I I, was, I don't make the
2: rules, Anna Mitchell. I would be thinking, the NCAA. I was, and they change him all the time.
3: I was thinking Michael Penix Jr. was going to win it, just well, based on his stats and his team being best in the best player playoffs, from
2: the best team, but, you know, is often, often, often yeah. a good measure. Yeah. But all I know is that Dak Prescott, speaking of Texas people, goodness gracious. Yeah, big night, too. Yeah. Against the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Oh, I didn't watch that game. I it's saw part of the time. Bengals game, yeah. Watched uh, Watched the Kansas City-Buffalo game. That was yes. intense.
2: That was very intense. Yeah. Well, we're awake and ready to go for a Monday morning. It is nine minutes past the hour. The Sunrise Morning Show continues with a look at this week in Catholic history. And here to do that with us, as always, is Kevin Schmiesing, author of A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. He's also on the Catholic History Trek podcast.
6: Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Matt. All right. Tell me about Samuel Cooper. Samuel Sutherland Cooper, a prominent early American priest, died this week in 1843. Now, I say prominent, Matt. He was well-known at the time, but he's been largely forgotten. In fact, I didn't know anything about him. Until I heard an episode on the American Catholic History Podcast from my friends Tom and Noel Crow. As far as I can tell, there's been no published book-length biography, there's no entry in the Catholic Encyclopedia, and there's not even a Wikipedia page for him. So everything I'm relating today is from a single article that appeared in a Catholic historical journal in 1926. But I think listeners will agree his was a remarkable life. Samuel Cooper was born in 1769 in Norfolk, Virginia into an upper-class Anglican family, but he was raised in an essentially non-religious way. He embarked on a successful career as a shipping merchant in Philadelphia, through which he traveled the world. He was in Paris when he became seriously ill, and this prompted reflection on spiritual things. When he returned to Philadelphia, he began a spiritual quest both intellectually and I guess you could say geographically. He visited numerous churches of many denominations across the city. He was finally impressed by the high mass he attended at St. Augustine Catholic Church, where he had a strong sense of the presence of Christ. In 1807, he joined the Catholic Church. He soon discerned a calling to the priesthood and entered the seminary in Baltimore. There, he met Elizabeth Ann Seton, fellow convert, and also in the early years of her apostolate, The wealthy Cooper became Seton's most important patron, funding and even helping to select the property in Emmitsburg that would be the site of the mother house of the Sisters of Charity. Cooper was ordained in 1818, spent time in parochial duties in the dioceses of Charleston, South Carolina, Philadelphia, and Richmond, Virginia. In Augusta, Georgia, that was in the Diocese of Charleston at the time, he had an extraordinary experience, an apparent Eucharistic miracle when the host turned to flesh in his hands during consecration. In Philadelphia, he was involved in the trustee controversy that roiled the Catholic parishes there in the 1820s. By the 1830s, he was in poor health. He was invited to spend his final days in France with his friend, Jean Cheverus. That's someone we've talked about before, the former bishop of Boston. He was a cardinal and archbishop of Bordeaux in France. Cheverus died time. in 1836. It's then time. Cooper died in 1843. It was this week, December 16th. The article I mentioned sums it up this way. The life story of Samuel Sutherland Cooper, scion of a wealthy Virginia colonial house, master mariner, world traveler, convert to the Catholic faith, priest, missionary, ascetic, and confessor to America's first cardinal is one of the strangest pages in American church history. Samuel Sutherland Cooper this week in 1843.
2: Wow, how'd you like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with that guy?
7: (laughs) That would (laughs) be interesting.
2: What a fascinating, fascinating story. Well, we head from there to Croatia and actually around the same period of time.
6: Right, just a few years later, the creation of the Archdiocese of Zagreb and Croatia. Now, I'm using the date for the Archdiocese because I couldn't find an exact date for the original creation of the diocese. That was all the way back in the 11th century. The Croat people settled the former Roman provinces of Pannonia and Dalmatia on the east coast of the Adriatic Sea in the 6th century. By that time, Christianity was already flourishing there. The Croats were gradually Christianized, and politically they were over the centuries at various times an independent nation, a part of the Holy Roman Empire, or the Kingdom of Hungary, or the Austro-Hungarian Empire. The capital of the realm was settled in Agram or Zagreb, where, as I mentioned, a diocese was formed in the late 11th century. Zagreb was raised to the rank of archdiocese on December 11th, this week in 1852. Probably the best-known Archbishop of Zagreb was Aloysius Stepanak, who was appointed in 1937. After World War II, Croatia was part of communist Yugoslavia, and Stepanak was convicted in a show trial of collaboration with the Nazi occupation during the war, and he was imprisoned. Pope Pius XII made him a cardinal in 1953. He died in 1960 and was beatified by John Paul II in 1998. Croatia gained its independence after the fall of communism and the disintegration of Yugoslavia. Today, there are about a million Catholics in the capital city's Archdiocese of Zagreb, so designated this week in 1852.
2: Man, what another fascinating roundup of Catholic history from here and abroad. Kevin Schmiesing, we've got your book, A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks, as always. Thanks. And, uh, of course, not only can you find Kevin... When you go to the showcom show notes, you can also find links to all the rest of our guests. You can even enter your email and subscribe and get those delivered to your inbox every day, along with some of the prayers we use on the air and who knows what else. Let's check weather for the nation the after a bit of a uh, wild week, uh, weekend, past couple days. The system that brought rain, thunderstorms, and snow to the mid-Atlantic overnight will move to the northeast today bringing rain, flash flooding and heavy snow. I woke up to a little bit of snow on the ground here in the D.C. area. Upslope snow showers will continue across the high country of West Virginia and western Pennsylvania during the morning. In New England, heavy snow will occupy the high elevations while rain and snow mix will fall in the lower elevations. As you get closer to the coast, rainy conditions prevalent with localized flooding possible. In the mid-Atlantic, a quick morning, morning burst of snow might still happen. In the western suburbs of Philadelphia, Washington, and Baltimore, flakes along the I-95 corridor. In the Pacific Northwest, the coastlines of Washington and Oregon will get battered by wind and rain, while the Cascades get a rain-snow mix all the way till midday. Most of Idaho and northwest Montana will see rain and snow, but portions of Wyoming and southern Montana Montana can expect all snow beginning late morning. Everything else fairly quiet, but again, a bit of a wild couple of days on the weather front. Back with headlines right after this. It's a quarter past the hour.
8: For 150 years, the Komboni missionaries have followed in the footsteps of their founders and Daniel Komboni. We are an active missionary group sharing our deep faith in God through service to the poorest and most abandoned people around the world, satisfying both the physical and spiritual needs of the people in our mission. Please support our mission work with a generous year-end gift today. Thank you for your prayers and kindness. Give today at kombonimissionaries.org. That is kombonimissionaries.org.
9: The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the Baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life.
2: Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew.
3: And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at SunriseMorningShow.com, you support the Monks and the show.
2: If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store.
3: Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at son
2: That's SunriseMorningShow.com.
10: EWTN has its own official YouTube channel with tens of thousands of videos
4: covering just about every conceivable topic of interest to Catholics.
10: And best of all, it's free. Every day, EWTN adds new TV shows, live events, devotionals, homilies, and specials to its YouTube channel. Visit the EWTN YouTube channel today. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network.
2: 17 past. Here's Anna with headlines.
3: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has asserted it is the, quote, beginning of the end for Hamas. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights. And the Holy Father has announced the church's first World Day of Children will take place next May.
2: One up. So they've got Mother's Day, and they've got Father's Day, and they have Grandparents' Day. We need well, a children's when is Children's day. day? Well, every day is Children's. Every day, day, is, children's every
3: day. day is Children's.
2: Every day is Children's day.
3: day. It's so true. But
2: at any rate, so today, speaking of things that are days, mm-hmm. we actually get kind of a cool back-to-back feast because we've got Saint Juan Diego today, and then tomorrow we've got Our Lady of Guadalupe. So. When people say happy holidays to me around this time of year, Anna Mitchell, I only assume that they mean, you know, the Feast of St. Nicholas, you know, Our Lady of Guadalupe.
3: I thought Juan Diego was December 9th.
2: Well, he is. We got moved today.
3: Oh, I was so confused. I didn't well, know that. Well, he's in the mix. Oh, okay. Why did he get moved to today?
2: I don't remember. Actually, you know what? Am I see? I, I might be reading something wrong. Oh, okay. Damasus is definitely today.
3: Yeah, today is Pope St. Damasus. I know that. but
2: Well, I missed it then. I missed it. You know what? I probably had something open on – I have... you know what? We can celebrate it all. <clears throat> it's the vigil yeah, of Our I Lady mean, of Guadalupe, it's like, it's so fine. we're going I to mean... have Mexican food tonight, and that's just going to happen, Anna Mitchell. Don't take this away from me. Let me have Taco Tuesday and Taco Monday. Like I, this whole thing was a setup for that.
3: I'm sorry. I don't know
2: what food you eat for the Feast of Pope St. Damasus, and now I am stuck.
3: Oh, I'm sure he would love for you to have Taco Monday.
2: Pope St. Damasus? I think Absolutely. he was Italian.
3: Well, that's okay. Italian his family, tacos. His family was Spanish in origin.
2: Okay. Well, maybe Castilian. So, too.
3: yeah, you just have some kind of... Maybe some know, paella. Spanish-ish taco. I mean... There's gotta be some kind of a Spanish taco, right?
2: Well yeah, I mean where did... It's, it's Exactly.
3: It's like it's a Hispanic, it's a fusion
2: of yeah. I mean anything that like passes for Tex Mex in the United States of America just use is like a mix of a bunch of different things.
3: Just use Spanish rice tonight instead of That's what I'll do. white rice.
2: Just throw a little saffron in. And yeah. Eat.
3: And then you you're good. That's all you needed.
2: Man, I'm so frustrated. I was so excited about setting that up for everybody. <laughs>
3: I'm so sorry. A Taco
2: Monday, Taco Tuesday.
3: Oh god. But
2: how cool is it, Anna I'm Mitchell, such a that the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe falls on a Taco Tuesday this year? Oh
3: man, so. Good. I mean, could it get any better?
2: Could it get any better? I guess. Hope St. Damasus, Juan Diego, Our Lady of Guadalupe.
3: Pray for, Pray us. for us.
11: I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Steve Ray will continue his series on the 12 Unknown Sorrows of Mary. Jeannie Ewing will discuss how to overcome fear with hope. I'll reflect on the importance of nativity scenes in Catholic homes with frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're
1: on the road to Christ the King. Driving home.
12: Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile & Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio and local food pantries. A portion of every retail sale will help feed those in need or drop items off at our newly remodeled showroom and we will deliver. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com.
13: That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from Dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love on Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoding Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com.
6: This
14: is John Kennedy, a state farm agent serving
6: northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com.
2: It is time for Bible Foods with Rita Heikenfeld from AboutEating.com. And this time of year, well, it's a great season for seasonal foods, but it's also a great time to think about uh, how to make gifts for people. Rita, good morning.
15: Well, good morning, and I'm just loving starting our annual Gifts from the Kitchen series.
2: Well, we get to use some Bible Foods and Herbs in the process and there is definitely a flavor associated with the season from candy canes to everything else Uh, mint is certainly in the Bible.
15: Oh it is and and again um, like you said just such a popular flavor this time of year Matt. Um, We have a very familiar passage in Luke in chapter 11 about him uh, talking about mint being one of the tithing herbs. I think that's so interesting. But here's the deal. The Hebrews, Greeks, and Romans uh, chewed mint leaves for digestion. So it's not only a great flavoring, it's good for your uh, digestion and headaches, and it's a great medicinal herb as well.
2: Well, why don't you talk about the differences between spearmint and peppermint, then?
15: Well, I think, to me, now, I want your opinion on this. I think spearmint has a sweeter taste and aroma. Um, I think you could substitute it in salads and even some candies. Now, peppermint's essential oil, Matt, is real strong. I mean, you'll notice it right away. And they can both be used in teas. But if you go to the store and uh, look for a mint tea, it's probably going to be peppermint. Um, I think that's the most popular. Do you have a favorite?
2: Uh, I mean, I like spearmint, um... I think it goes really well in tea, but, you know, it's hard to beat a good peppermint bark, as we're going to discuss here in just a little bit. Uh, That being said, you you mentioned peppermint uh, essential oil. When it comes to mint, uh, well, actually when it comes to anything, uh, what's the difference between an extract or an oil, if I'm going to be trying to use something in a recipe?
15: Oh, good good point. Well, extracts are uh, made with alcohol, and it's like an infusion process. And then the oil is distilled actually from the essential oils in the leaves, Matt. Um, either one will work in this recipe for the bark. But here's, 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 again, a tip. Oil is more potent. And if you do use peppermint oil, I always say buy it in the bakery section to make sure it's the pure peppermint oil and not maybe just a fragrance oil. Um, the extract is more available, so you could use mo- either one. If you're going to use extract, you're going to use a little more than the
2: oil so that is a very important point i just i didn't even think until you mentioned it that somebody might be looking for peppermint oil for a recipe and go into the household cleaner section and get like a peppermint flavored like one of those plug-in things
15: (laughs) yes 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 that's so true or one of those um uh they have little vials and you put a wooden like a skewer in it so yeah oh like the diffusers
2: and those things right yeah all that stuff (laughs) All right. Well, you've got a peppermint bark recipe and this is a great gift to give. Again, nobody needs more stuff. I mean, a few people do, but most people don't need more stuff. And this is a great recipe. I think the most important part of this recipe is how you melt the chocolate because that is an easy thing to get wrong if you're not familiar with what you're doing. But how does this peppermint bark recipe work?
15: Oh, it, it's pretty easy. Um, it's a process, but it's pretty easy. And it's got two layers, a bottom layer of dark chocolate and then the top layer of uh, white chocolate and with some uh, crushed hard candy peppermint. But you're right. Melting uh, chocolate, you have to do it carefully and slowly because uh, if you melt chocolate at a high heat, it's going to seize. So usually, I usually just... Um, You can have a double boiler if you want to do it on the stove. If you don't have a double boiler, you can use just a bowl over simmering water. Some people like to use the microwave. Regardless, um, you just want to melt it slowly until you see a few lumps still unmelted, and you pull it off the heat, and this works for both the dark and the white. And as you stir it off the heat, those um, little pieces that remain will melt, and it will stay smooth, and it won't seize. Also, no water, because if the water, even steam gets in chocolate, it will seize. So basically, you're going to melt some dark chocolate um, for the bottom layer. And I add a little bit of vegetable oil, and that helps the flow. And um, you can stir some extract into that, and then just pour that on a foil-lined pan. And you put it in the fridge. Here's another tip. Until it's just almost completely set, not real hard. People have trouble with chocolate, uh, the bark separating, and if the, the first layer is too hard when you pull this, put the second layer on, it won't bond. Mm. Also use really good quality chocolate, not uh, chocolate with palm oil, because that sometimes causes it to separate. So not getting too technical here. Basically, you melt the bottom layer. When it's almost set, um, you have the, the white chocolate melted, again, with a little oil. And you pour it on top, and then immediately you're going to sprinkle some candy bits, the hard peppermint candy. And then um, you just refrigerate that until it's set, about 20 minutes. And um, it should be pretty hard by then. But say you forgot it and it's in the fridge an hour or so. Before you cut it or break it, let it sit at room temperature, um, and that helps prevent layers from separating. It's really easy, but the most trouble people have is using, um, not using good quality chocolate or um, the layer separating because, you know, it's too cold, etc. So seems it's simple, it's a process, it's a wonderful gift from the kitchen, especially for somebody who maybe needs a lift spiritually, I think because the, the peppermint aroma is uplifting as well. So, um, again, I've got it on my site, uh, a whole primer on how to do it. Very easy, it makes a ton, a great gift from the kitchen.
2: It is a great gift from the kitchen, and it's the kind of thing where, uh, again, if somebody's going to uh, give me like a a gift card or whatever, or they're going to make me peppermint bark, guess which one I'm going to be more excited about. (laughs) I'm going to be more excited about the thing that they spent time making, especially because this is the kind of thing, too, you can get your kids involved in. Uh, very easily to make some of the stuff. You can write a little note. You can figure out a cool bag to put it in or a tin. And there's all these things that you can do with a gift made out of the kitchen. Rita Heikenfeld, we've got abouteating.com linked at sunrise morningshow.com. Have a wonderful day.
15: Oh, I hope you do too, Matt. And I'll talk to you next week with even more fun gifts.
2: Sounds good to me. All linked at sunrise sunrisemorningshow.com Half past. Here's Anna with news.
3: Good morning, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says it's, quote, the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video message yesterday, Netanyahu said dozens of Hamas militants have surrendered as Israel continues trying to wipe them out in the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. He said it will take more time, but his message to Hamas is that it's over. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights. He asked as well for prayers for all people suffering from war, saying, We are heading toward Christmas. Are we able, with God's help, to take concrete steps for peace? He asked the faithful to not forget tormented Ukraine, Palestine, and Israel. During his Angelus Address catechesis yesterday, the Holy Father reflected on the gospel reading for the second Sunday of Advent and focused on the power of silence. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports.
16: From John the Baptist's position near the Jordan River, the Pope said, the desert from where the apostle preaches is a place of silence and essentials. (laughs) A place where someone cannot afford to dwell on useless things but needs to concentrate on what is indispensable to live. This, the Pope said, is an always relevant reminder. To proceed on the journey of life, we need to be stripped of the more, because to live well does not mean being filled with useless things, but being freed from the superfluous, to dig deeply within ourselves, so as to hold on to what is truly important before God. Focusing on the second image, the voice, Pope Francis highlighted its connection to silence because it expresses what matures inside from listening to what the Spirit suggests. If someone does not know how to be quiet, he said, it is unlikely they will have something good to say, while the more attentive the silence, the stronger the word. Finally, the Pope suggested we ask ourselves... What place does silence have in my days? Is it an empty, perhaps oppressive silence, or is it a space for listening, for prayer, for guarding my heart? Is my life sober or filled with superfluous things?
8: Valorizziamo il silenzio, la sobrietà, l'ascolto,
16: even if it means going against the tide he concluded. Let us value silence, sobriety, and listening. May Mary, Virgin of Silence, help us to love the desert, to become credible voices who testify to her son who is coming. I'm Linda
3: Bordoni. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is set to travel to the White House tomorrow. Mark Mayfield reports.
5: President Biden invited Zelensky for a meeting to underscore the U.S. commitment to supporting Ukraine. An aid package for the country remains stalled in Congress with a visit coming less than a week after Senate Republicans blocked a bill to give aid to Ukraine and Israel in their respective fights against Russia and Hamas. Zelensky will also meet with House Speaker Mike Johnson. I'm Mark Mayfield.
3: Multiple tornadoes in Tennessee have left at least six people dead and dozens injured. Two adults and a child were killed in Clarksville, while three others died in Madison just north of Nashville. State officials say the tornadoes caused extensive damage across several Nashville suburbs. The National Weather Service says the same storm is likely to bring thunderstorms to much of the East Coast and heavy snow to the Appalachians. A second University of Pennsylvania official is resigning. Scott Carr has more.
17: The University of Pennsylvania's chairman of the board, Scott Box, stepped down from his post. Reports say just minutes after the resignation of university president Liz McGill on Saturday. McGill was already under pressure after a pro-Palestinian event was held on campus in September, followed by Hamas's attack on Israel and reports of rising anti-Semitism on the Penn campus. Reports say that pressure was amped up last week when McGill and the heads of other universities refused to say before a congressional panel that calling for the genocide of Jews violated their respective school's code of conduct. The president of Harvard University, Claudine Gay, has apologized for her response. I'm Scott Carr in Washington.
3: That's the news. You're listening to The Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
0: The show show notes is where you'll get the links and resources you heard about on The Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith, and for the podcast to find and replay an interview. To check out the show notes every day, visit the new SacredHeartRadio.com.
14: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller-Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller-Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. The Comboni
9: Missionaries present the 76th Annual Nativity Experience, a family favorite for generations. The birth of Christ is retold in an incredible room-sized animated diorama of the Holy Land. Admission is free. Donations to food banks accepted. The Nativity Experience at the Comboni Mission Center in Anderson. Open 6 to 8 p.m. daily, December 15th through 30th. Closed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. More information at combonimissionaries.org/ slash nativity.
3: It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday of the second week of Advent, December the 11th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by schneller Nockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com going to be chilly again today. Right now it's kind of cold with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy to mostly sunny skies today with a high of 40 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 29, mostly sunny and a little bit warmer tomorrow and a high of 47 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly sunny skies today with a high of 39, mostly clear early, then a few clouds later tonight with an overnight low of 26. Partly cloudy skies tomorrow and a little warmer with a high of 46 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 9:10 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com.
2: We thank you for joining us on this Monday, December the 11th. It is the Feast of St. Damasus, Pope St. Damasus, who has some Spanish roots. And I mistakenly said it was Juan Diego because tomorrow is Our Lady of Guadalupe. But I want to thank Izzy in the YouTube chat for saying, I can eat tapas tonight, and that's never a bad thing. There you go. Father John Gavin joins us now, and he is the author of Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer, which looks at what the church fathers have had to say about the Our Father. And we've been going through the Catechism, looking at what the Church Fathers have to say at various points in the Catechism. Father, good morning. Good morning. So we get to talk about St. Cyprian of Carthage today and his remarks on heaven.
18: Where does this show up in the Catechism? So we've arrived, we've been looking at the parts of the Catechism that are commenting on the Creed, and we've arrived at the part, uh, I believe, in Life Everlasting, and so, just before this section, uh, the Catechism talks about the particular judgment that is the judgment that each one of us will face in reference to Christ after our death. And then it, we are in the section now on heaven and what is heaven. So, uh, what the image that it uses throughout here is one—the one of the beatific vision. That is, heaven is to see God as he is. And that leads us up to this quote from uh, St. Cyprian, because it's not as easy as a concept as we might think, right? Uh, How do we see God? What does it mean to see God in eternity? How is that our eternal blessing or beatitude?
2: So uh, if you could share that quote, because as you mentioned, it is not—I mean, when people ask what the Church teaches about heaven, they, I think they look for mm. more specifics than this, and we don't
18: get a ton of specifics, do we? No, no descriptions of clouds or any—or halos no or anything here, like that. nothing. Nothing, nothing, no. Uh, but this section, I'll just read the part just before the quote, just to set us up. It says, this is 1028, Because of his transcendence, God cannot be seen as he is unless he himself opens up his mystery to man's immediate contemplation and gives him capacity for it. The Church calls this contemplation of God in his heavenly glory the beatific vision. And here's the quote from St. Cyprian. How great will your glory and happiness be to be allowed to see God, to be honored with sharing the joy of salvation and eternal light with Christ your Lord and God, to delight in the joy of immortality in the kingdom of heaven with the righteous and God's friends. I, I should say uh, that quote comes from a letter of St. Cyprian that is an actually an exhortation to martyrdom. Uh, St. Cyprian uh, lived in the mid-third century during especially a period of persecutions under the emperor Decius, and he himself would be martyred. But uh, yes, he's, he's speaking about uh, the beatific vision heaven to uh, his flock who will be facing persecution or are facing persecution and potential martyrdom.
2: You know, as we think about this uh, and and try and wrap our minds around it, I know that there have been mm. people who have tried to, you know, zero in on near-death experiences and get as much description out of people as possible. And of course we've got, uh, you know, various glimpses into heaven from people like, you know, the prophet Daniel. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ezekiel gets windows into things. The book of Revelation has lots of mysterious stuff going on. Uh, but it is, it is striking to me that ultimately uh, God doesn't give us a lot of information. And, you know, as I was reading from First uh, John, uh, this is 3, 2, uh, he says, We are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Uh, even mm. the Bible says, "Well, we don't
18: really know how this is going to work." <laughs> you know, right, we, we right. just
2: know that it's good.
18: Right. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. I, the The fathers of the church, including Cyprian, uh, they, they had much to say about what this uh, what this seeing of God might be. And I, I would highlight maybe three things that all come through in this uh, quotation here. Uh, some of the things that they suggest, because you're right, I mean, we don't have any concrete images, but the first thing would be that uh, this seeing of God, seeing God face to face, is uh, a way of uh, speaking about our experience of union with God, right? Uh, that our Lord in, uh, Jesus Christ, in rising from the dead and ascending into heaven, uh, brings our humanity into the very life of the Trinity, right? And so it, this is a way of stating that we will experience God in the union with Father, Son, and Spirit. So that's one way they talk about it. Another way they talk about it here, he mentions that uh, this, we will experience this eternal light with Christ. And we have to remember that uh, Christ is, uh, is risen, and therefore uh, we can see him in that he has a body right, a glorified body, but he makes God visible to us, and so we will contemplate God in Christ. And then finally, as he speaks about here, uh, this joy of being with God's friends, uh, if we speak about heaven as the time in which we will all be fully that image and likeness of God, we also come to contemplate God in one another, in the communion of saints, in the way each one reflects that divine image, so those are those are several ways uh, I think that all appear in this quote, but they're ways that the fathers will talk about what this means to see God.
2: Yeah, uh, that that is uh, a wonderful thing to think about. That we're not just going to see God for ourselves; we're gonna we're gonna see God with one another. Like we get to share this mm-hmm. joy with each other as we're sharing in the joy in the joy of Christ. You know, and I'm thinking about that too. Like, what does it mean to see God? I mean, all that human beings have seen at least according to the scriptures and and what we've you know heard from apparitions and private revelations everybody who has seen the glorified Christ has seen him with unglorified eyes <laughs> right? right right these are all the reports that we get like even those who have seen the glorified Christ have not seen him with their own glorified bodies at least not mm-hmm. yet at least from the reports and the
18: accounts that we have Right, right. We, we are seeing with a clouded vision, right? I mean, we are still uh, struggling with sin, and therefore we do not—we don't even see one another, right? Yeah, that's as, true. As yeah. we are truly called to be, right? And we are not uh, showing ourselves because of our sins uh, truly as we are to be in that fullness of the divine likeness. And so that is really—heaven is is fulfillment, right? Right. Uh, It is a fulfillment of our Lord's promises of that which we have been created for. Uh, It is where we will find our greatest joy. But yes, it's communal, as you said, as well. It's not just, just me, but the joy will be shared by us all in the life of the Trinity.
2: Yeah, and that's why I hate to get too specific about it uh, or, or try and you know demand that someone else nail down specifics for me because I don't want to mm-hmm. limit that, right? I don't want to right. put a limit on it uh, based on my own ability to understand things. I mean it would be great to say that heaven is unlimited nachos, but nachos <laughs> are a uh, – that's a limit I don't want
18: to put on God. Right, exactly. I, I think uh, we, we could try and project all kinds of things on what heaven might be for us, and we're going to be under the mark. That's true. We're just just going to be under the mark. And to contemplate heaven, though, and the beatific vision really is to enkindle our hope, right, Uh, that theological virtue is what ultimately draws us toward this fulfillment. Uh, It has been promised to us, and it is the object of all our hope. It's what should get us out of bed in the morning.
2: Yeah. The best thing I can think of, and I don't know if this is a very good explanation at all, is when my son asks me these kinds of questions because 11 mm-hmm. year olds, they want to know, uh, you know, what you get to sure. do in heaven. As I just tend to say, whatever it is that you like about unlimited nachos, <laughs> uh, that's the shadow of the real thing that exists in heaven somehow in an infinite form. That's the best that's, I can do. No,
1: <laughs>
18: but That's is a wonderful way is. of putting it. It's like C.S. Lewis said that the joys we experience in this world are meant to really give us a taste of what heaven will be very good well thank you
2: so much father john gavin what a cool conversation to be able to have as we await uh the coming of our lord at christmas and uh he came down from heaven right to help bring us back up there with him father gavin thank you so much as always have a wonderful day you as well god bless all right, it is 14 till. Get a little bit of a musical explanation from the second Sunday of Advent with Catherine
7: Fishlock next. Back after this.
0: Support is for Metashare.
7: So, right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join Metashare. And save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE.
9: Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting The Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on The Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, leah at sacredheartradio.com. That's leah at sacredheartradio.com. Are you a new listener to EWTN Radio? Welcome. We're here for you 24-7.
5: You'll hear live and interactive shows
19: throughout the day to answer any questions you may have about the Catholic faith.
10: There's trustworthy news from a Catholic perspective.
19: And a large selection of podcasts available at EWTN's Podcast Central.
10: And, of course, the daily Mass, prayers, and everything you need to edify your soul.
0: Welcome to EWTN Radio. We're blessed to have you with
2: us. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines.
3: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said in a video message that it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights and in his catechesis, focused on the power of silence as he reflected on the gospel reading for the second Sunday. Of Advent. Next newscast coming up in about 13-ish minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's 11 till. It's time for our visit with the Sunrise Morning Show music teacher Katherine Fishlock professional singer, musician, and teacher, of course. Catherine, it's good to see you here in studio again. It's nice to be here. So we are uh, doing our little mini-series on the introits for Advent, Mm -hmm. also known as the entrance antiphons. So we are looking at the introit for the second Sunday of Advent. And before we get to that specifically, you notice something really cool about sort of the the progression of the entrance antiphons um for sunday masses during advent can you talk about that a little bit
20: yeah so um i think it's very beautiful you know i've said this before that um you know holy mother church she's such a good mother she's always teaching and leading and pointing us in the Mm -hmm. right direction you know and um and we when we look to the texts of the church we see that all over the place and in the four um introits to the four Sundays of Advent, each one of them uh, sort of builds in anticipation and sort of like the excitement is building as we get to uh, closer and closer to Christmas. And I just think it's such a beautiful, again, another beautiful little kind of um, hidden, but unfor- like sort of now like lost little teaching tool, mm-hmm. right, to add to the great, uh, you know, the the wealth of, of that that we have in the church so the first sunday we talk about uh you know just i lift up my soul at my god i trust in you let me not be put to shame it's this uh, you know protect me um don't let my enemies get the best of me because i'm waiting for you and i'm not going to be disappointed those of us who those of us who are uh none of those who are waiting you will be disappointed Mm -hmm. and then the second week is uh people of zion behold there's more of a sense of Okay, he's, it's, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. People of Zion, behold, the Lord is coming to save all nations, and the Lord shall cause you to hear his majestic voice for the joy of your heart. Mm. And then the third Sunday, which of course everyone knows is called Gaudete Sunday, but I think a lot of people don't realize that that word, whenever you have a named Sunday like that, that name typically comes from the first word of the introit. Yeah. So it's uh, Gaudete in Domino, Rejoice in the Lord Always, is that third Sunday. You might call it Rose Sunday. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's Rejoice Sunday, not just because the priest wears rose. It's right. not just like, oh, a happy color. That's, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> I mean, not, it is a happy very, <laughs> color, don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, right. But that's because this is this, you know, this partway through this season of Advent where we are, uh, the joy is starting to mount right Mm -hmm. and then the last the fourth sunday we finally uh we're jesus is on his way skies let the just one come forth like the dew let him Mm. descend from the clouds like the rain and then you know the next thing we have is christmas eve yeah so it's a beautiful beautiful uh
3: progression of anticipation I would say mm-hmm. these things were clearly thought out right clearly right, exactly thought out to prepare our hearts in that way which is why it's so important for parishes to actually use right. what Holy Mother Church gives us right rather than just like you know coming up with a pretty entrance hymn. I mean I love O Come O Come Emmanuel but right this but it, like this even, is more helpful, I think. Yes, and
20: even that particular hymn that those texts have a significant place. You know, those yeah. are those are the Magnificat antiphons for the last week of Advent. So really, <clears throat> I would <clears throat> excuse me. I would recommend music directors hold off on <clears throat> "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel" mm-hmm. until the fourth, the till the fourth Sunday of Advent.
3: Yeah. Well, that's a good So
20: idea. there you have it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Controversy on the Sunrise oh, Morning Show, ladies and gentlemen. I
3: know. I know. I'm sorry. I just had I to say I will direct all the angry emails over to Catherine. I'll take them. It'll we be can fine. Talk. It'll be fine. So read us again the words of this ant- antiphon yes. for the second Sunday of Advent.
20: People of Zion, behold, the Lord is coming to save all nations, and the Lord shall cause you to hear his majestic voice for the joy of your
3: heart. Mm, Just beautiful, and you're going to chant it for us in English. I will do my best. I have
20: a little issue in my throat
3: this morning, but we'll see. We'll
20: see. (laughs) I think it'll be fine. Here we go. People of Zion, behold... The Lord is coming to save all nations, and the Lord shall cause you to hear his majestic voice for the
3: joy of your heart. Short and sweet, Mm -hmm. and even as short as it was, just gave me chills, like this... This beautiful idea of like, yeah, in your heart, like he's coming, Mm -hmm. he's coming to save you. Right. Right. And And, this wonderful sense of get ready. Yeah. And it has so much more power when it's sung.
20: Completely. Again, the wisdom of Holy Mother Church, why she tells us to sing our prayers.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Behold, O people of Zion so cool so cool the entrance antiphon for the second sunday of advent you've just heard katherine fishlock the sunrise morning show music teacher <laughs> chanting it for us Catherine, really appreciate it thank you so much thanks for having me yeah and you know matt um i'm really struck by this whole idea you know, like he's coming i i really loved that in the the gospel of mark the gospel reading uh that we had yesterday on the second sunday of advent it's like The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, prepare the way. And then, like, John the Baptist just appears in the desert. I mean, it's just like, bam.
2: You know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Mark would have known a lot about the life of Christ if he had Peter as a source. Yeah. But it turns out that he didn't even mention, like, the circumstances of his birth. He just jumped straight into just his ministry. straight
3: into it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, you got miracles right out of the gates in Mark's gospel. It's a very urgent gospel. And it's kind of <laughs> an interesting thing to, uh, to, to read in the context of Advent, that urgency. Uh, get ready. Yeah. Be ready. Prepare the way for the Lord. Absolutely. All right, we got another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up on many of these EWTN affiliates right after the break. Stay with us. It's three minutes till.
0: family because we've continued to receive many online gifts and one large donation. We've now exceeded our $60,000 pledge drive goal. Thank you. Yeah, we can now pay the light bills. And you know, to lead others into the light of Christ, can be as simple as wearing a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt, which we will send you for pledging to give just $10 a month throughout 2024. To pledge now, visit sacredheartradio.com. Again, thank you for your support and telling others about Sacred Heart Radio and the Sacred Heart Radio app. Support is from Metashare. So right now
7: may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join Metashare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to Metashare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And, again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. Eight four four fifty five bible That's eight four four fifty five bible Eight four four fifty five bible
9: You rely on your car so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio They can do it all from brakes, tires and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com
21: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986 Twin Brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior Dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The Twin Dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I 275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513 825
14: 6111 and online at twindental.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality. Diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service, and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com, that's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com.
9: I'm Father Ronald Heft from Our Lady of Divine
0: Providence Family of Parishes. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app. Stream podcast and more at sacredheartradio.com.
2: We continue on this Monday, the 11th of December. Let's pray St. Augustine's prayer to the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And since it is his feast today, Pope St. Damasus I pray for us. He is uh, one of the people who helped get the Vulgate put together, in case you're wondering how to position him in history and in the narrative of how the church came to do some of the things that the church has done. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has video feed up and running at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. And this hour, Teresa Tamio is going to be on from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection. We'll catch up with Sister Alicia Torres. Tomorrow is the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and she's got a reflection on Uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe and the Eucharist to share today. We'll catch up with Bear Wozniak and get more rules for manliness, as it were. Stephanie Mann is going to be along at the end of the hour also to talk about when a priest met a priest hunter. Stephanie's been going through the stories of the English Reformation, and it is high drama, let me tell you. It is two minutes past the hour. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
3: Good morning. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said it's, quote, the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video message yesterday, Netanyahu said dozens of militants have surrendered as Israel continues to wipe them out in the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. He said it will take more time, but his message to Hamas is that it's over. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is set to travel to the White House tomorrow. President Biden invited Zelensky for a meeting to underscore the U.S. commitment to supporting Ukraine. An aid package for the country remains stalled in Congress, though, with the visit coming less than a week after Senate Republicans blocked a bill to give aid to Ukraine and Israel in their respective fights against Russia and Hamas. Zelensky will also be meeting with House Speaker Mike Johnson. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Rees reports.
4: It is like a master plan, he said. Many steps have been taken, many still need to be made. And unfortunately, at times, steps backwards have been taken.
8: (laughs) The per i diritti umani non è mai finito.
4: The commitment to human rights is never finished, the Pope said, adding that he is close to all those who work and fight to defend human rights in the concrete situations of everyday life. The Holy Father expressed his joy at the release of Armenian and Azerbaijani prisoners. I look with great hope on this positive sign between Armenia and Azerbaijan for peace in the South Caucasus, the Pope said, while encouraging both nations with their leaders to conclude a peace treaty as soon as possible. Pope Francis went on to ask for prayers for all peoples suffering from war. We are heading toward Christmas. Are we able, with God's help, to take concrete steps for peace, he asked. While acknowledging the difficulties of resolving conflicts that have deep historical roots, the Pope invited everyone to follow the example of men and women who have worked wisely and patiently for peaceful coexistence. And returning to the issue of human rights, the Pope called for civilians, hospitals, and places of worship to be protected, for hostages to be freed, and for humanitarian aid to be guaranteed in conflict areas. And let us not forget tormented Ukraine, Palestine, and Israel, he added. Finally, with the COP28 conference on climate change drawing to a close in Dubai, Pope Francis asked for prayers for a good outcome for the care of our common home and the protection of populations. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. Pope Francis has announced the church's first
3: World Day of Children. The Holy Father announced Friday on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception that the church will celebrate its first World Day of Children next May, the weekend of May 25th and 26th. Multiple tornadoes in Tennessee have left at least six people dead and dozens injured. Two adults and a child were killed in Clarksville, while three others died in Madison, just north of Nashville. State officials say the tornadoes caused extensive damage across several Nashville suburbs. Meanwhile, millions are now getting drenched as the major storm impacts the East Coast. Mark Mayfield reports.
5: Travel advisories and flash flood alerts are in effect for many areas, including New York City, with up to five inches of rain expected to fall. Forecasters are predicting wind gusts of 50 miles per hour or higher from Washington to Boston. Damaging storms are also affecting the South, from Virginia to the Florida Panhandle. I'm Mark Nayfield,
3: The president of the University of Pennsylvania is resigning after a congressional hearing about anti Semitism on college campuses. The House is investigating Harvard, MIT, and Penn after their presidents failed to explicitly say based on freedom of speech grounds that calling for the genocide of Jews violates their code of conduct. On Saturday, UPenn President Liz McGill announced she would be resigning effective immediately. Meanwhile, Harvard President Claudine Gay has apologized for her response during the hearing, saying threats against the university's Jewish students have no place at the school. And a new study finds seven in 10 Americans consider themselves to be spiritual, although a sizable portion say they are not religious. According to a Pew Research study released late last week, 22% of Americans say they are spiritual or that spirituality is very important in their lives, but they don't think of themselves as religious. 48% of those surveyed say they are religious and spiritual. 10% say they are religious but not spiritual, and 21% are neither religious nor spiritual.
2: Well, that's a segment in and of itself. I know. (laughs) What it strikes me, um, well, see, they never ask enough questions on these surveys.
3: Well, they never give us enough information. What Uh, do you mean by spiritual? What do you
2: mean by religious? When someone says the word religious to you, what do you think that they are asking you?
3: Or I wonder if they when – When they someone
2: says spiritual, what does that mean? Because some people just mean I'm in touch with my emotions. Other people mean I worship crystals.
3: Well, my question is whether the Pew researchers define these words for them when they ask the questions.
2: Well, see, that is a very good question because I don't know about – You, Anna Mitchell, but I grew up uh, hearing that religion was a very bad word. So even though I was very strong Christian, I would have never said that I was religious because religion was to me like a dead thing. Mm -hmm. It was an obstacle to a relationship with Jesus Christ, which a lot of people who are spiritual but not religious actually mean they don't have a relationship with any God whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I was freaked out when as a new Catholic, people were like introducing me to religious. I'm like, what do you mean religious people? And they meant nuns, mm-hmm. but they don't, you would never, you would never introduce, well, there were no nuns in Protestantism, but when people were like, oh, uh, this is a religious sister, I'm like, uh, what do you mean a religious?
3: I'm going to have to look around. What do you mean
2: religious life?
3: See if there are any Catholic sociologists looking at this Pew study. That would be interesting. Be interesting to unpack this a little bit more for sure.
2: Indeed. Well, speaking of religious life. If you uh, have a nativity scene, you owe it to a religious brother, Francis of Assisi, who uh, helped spread devotion to the baby Jesus in his day. Teresa Tamio now joining us from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection. Teresa, good morning.
22: Hey, good morning. Buongiorno. And I just think it's so... Amazing if you look at the pictures because the the Vatican unveiled the Nativity scene in St Peter's Square last night. So I was online doing some research because I want to talk about it today with you and then on Catholic Connection. But it's it's just so beautiful and St Francis is there as well as several of his brothers and the mayor of they have images of the mayor of the town from uh, I, I think the eighteen uh, hundreds. It's just really incredible. One of the mayors who was very supportive of the whole uh, display and the whole uh, little uh, area that, that Francis visited and actually uh, created with his brothers. There's also a little monastery up there, but it's really an opportunity I think, for us to to learn about St. Francis and why he wanted to do that, because he wanted to have a mini Holy Land for people, uh, in Italy, because he realized a lot of people were never going to make it over there. So, maybe just a little exercise, an Advent uh, exercise to read the article on Catholic News Agency. It's really well done. They have some pictures there. And then I'm going to repost an article I wrote last year all about Greccio, which is my first time there. And we went there again uh, this year with our group for our La Dolce Fide uh, pilgrimage. It is so. Beautiful. You talk about remote and what's really amazing, Matt and Annie, is that if you think about Assisi and where Saint Francis was based and we're realizing that this was in the twelve hundreds, right? lots or Greccio is in the region of Lazio, not Umbria, so it's south of Assisi, but it takes you by bus or by car from Assisi like ninety minutes to get there. So think about walking there, which is what he had to do, right he didn't have a little fiat or a nice little air conditioned bus. So that whole pondering of the effort of Saint Francis to bring the Holy Land to the people of Italy uh, in the Middle Ages like that. And also, Pope Francis wants us, when we look at a Nativity scene, to pray for the people in the Holy Land. So I just thought that would be a nice way, as here we are in the full second week of Advent, something to ponder this week.
2: Well, you say he didn't have a fiat, but he kind of had a, had a little bit of one, just a little bit of one, you know. A little donkey? No, a little uh, a little. may it be done to me, according to your word, was in there.
22: But, there you go. Oh, his fiat. I see what you're yeah. saying. I was thinking. I, did, I, I thought you had done that on purpose until you kept talking. You're talking about the fiat, right, right like Mary's fiat. I get it.
2: You get You're it. You're so clever. Lord, let your will be done in my Amen. life. And this is Francis' uh, thing. And, you know, Francis, uh, you know, so enamored with uh, the fact that Christ would become a baby. It, what shocks right. me about the whole thing is that there wasn't really anything like this going until St. Francis right. sort of started a revolution to, to yep. really focus on that.
22: Yep, and it's one of the reasons why in Europe, but especially in Italy, if you go to uh, churches, all the churches have different crestin's, their own special crestin's. It's one of the fun things to do, and I have this on my website, travelitalyexpert.com. If you're ever there, anywhere in Italy at Christmas time obviously as Catholics we would the first thing we would do most of us to go to the piazza and go to the church and say a prayer at least even if we can't go to mass there, but to look for the different crash scenes. When you go to Rome, you can actually do like a little tour of all not only the major basilicas, but some of the other beautiful churches because the scenes are just phenomenal. And actually this year at the Vatican they're having again this display of over 100 nativity sets from around the world. Dominic and I did that back in 2019 when we uh, had Christmas in Rome. Phenomenal. Different cultures from around the world expressing how they view the nativity scene. So uh, just some cool stuff to think about this morning and and some great resources on Catholic News Agency. And then I'll put those articles on my Facebook page as well.
2: Well, we got our nativity display. We got a fontanini. um, Oh, okay. we, We got, you know, when we first got married, we got just like the crib. And the you know the little you know the stable and Mary and Joseph and, and baby Jesus and every year we've tried to add like one piece to it mm-hmm. and uh, so we've got you know lots and lots of pieces to it now uh, but my eleven year old has gone and we we put it out most of the pieces of course we hide the baby Jesus and, and right. whatever but he's got Mary and Joseph like way over in some other part of the house right because they're not in Bethlehem yet like yeah. not on the uh-huh. calendar. He's idea. calendar you got the wise men I don't even know where the wise men are <laughs> but they're somewhere. And uh, they're all over the place, and they get like inched forward, <laughs> you know, through various days.
22: In I Advent, love that idea. So. You know, a good friend of mine who's now the Bishop of Gary, Indiana, Bishop McClory, who used to be in the Archdiocese of Detroit, he said when he was growing up his, in his good Irish Catholic family home, his parents would do that. They would move out the, and he, so he started doing that in his house as well when he got older, but they would take the different uh, pieces of the nativity and they would move them like every day during Advent one step closer to the manger.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what we're all doing, right? Spiritually yeah, speaking, closer. during the uh, season of Advent. Now, my last question for you is: So you've been to Greccio, right?
22: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
2: have you seen the original one that St. Francis put together, or is that available still?
22: It's not available, but what is available is the – because it was actually a live nativity scene that he put together. So this is what's different about the scene in in Vatican that he doesn't – You mean that that donkey's not
2: still around?
22: No, No. he's not. I don't know what happened, you know, because donkeys are pretty hardy animals. But they do have the actual cave and the piece of stone where they laid the baby Jesus. You can go there, and there's a sign with with information about Pope Francis and also Pope Benedict and others who have visited there. And, and Matt, it is just – it's so – beautiful. It is in the middle. seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. You're on top of a mountain. It takes quite a bit of a hike to get up there. Even when you take your car or your bus, if you're going with the pilgrimage and you go up to this area, you have to climb like three or four very steep flights of stairs, but it's so worth it. I'll put some pictures up, too, I would love to see some trip. pictures of that. Okay. I'll send you them to you.
2: should have them up by the time the Catholic Connection goes on, so you can steer the listeners there uh, yes.
1: as well. Yes. Well, I,
22: I said it to my, my people. Uh, to, to put up some fun poster this People. morning, but if you can even look up Greccio, Italy. The pictures are just phenomenal, and there are some good pictures also on um, the Vatican website as well if you want to look that up. But it's just something. It's so peaceful, and that's what you get when you're there. And you can you can understand. I mean, the walk must have been the journey must have been so arduous for for Saint Francis, although he was probably used to it, right? Because that's how they got along. But if you go there, it's just so peaceful. It really feels like the little town of Bethlehem, and I've been to Bethlehem, too, but this is the way he was able to replicate it. It's phenomenal. But, yeah, you can see the really actual cool. cave and the stone, and they have a little baby Jesus, um, you know, uh, uh, nativity, part of the Nativity scene there in the cave. And you walk through, and you also go in a little area where the monks would stay. That was one, a little monastery for them as well. Where they'd go and pray. So really Very cool. cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, and again, the Catholic News Agency article's got some cool pictures also. Yeah. You should check mm-hmm. that out. Teresa Tamio, will be tuned in to Catholic Connection later this morning. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon.
22: Okay, hon. God bless.
2: Bye-bye. All right, 16 past. We've got headlines coming up next.
21: Are you looking for peace, longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world work for the new evangelization, go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB.
9: The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the Baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OB-GYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpilifecenter.org. That's jpilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life.
2: Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee.
3: They have a number of Christmas blends available, and when you go to Mystic Monk coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission.
2: Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug, available in our online store.
3: Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com.
2: That's sunrisemorningshow.com. She is one
5: of the most beloved saints of all time, honored as the saint of the little way. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Therese of Lisieux entered the Carmelite Convent of Lisieux in 1888 and survived only nine more years. Still, her extraordinary holiness and prayer life prompted her superiors to have her write an autobiography, The Story of a Soul. It became a spiritual classic. To find
10: out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism.
2: 18 minutes past the hour, here's Anna with headlines.
3: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has released a video message saying it is the beginning of the end for Hamas. During his Angeles address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights, and the Holy Father has announced the first-ever World Day of Children, which will take place in May.
2: News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Anna Mitchell, I just want to put out the encouragement. You know, uh, Teresa was talking about, you know, the peacefulness of the uh, Greccio Nativity and, mm-hmm. and all of that. I don't know about you. It has not been a peaceful start to Advent for me. It has been wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have not done a good job of, like, creating the territory and setting the boundaries and really, like, saying, you know what, we're going to do Advent, like, quiet. And uh, so I just want to put it out there to anybody who's discouraged because they haven't done this as well as they would hope to do it one weekend. There's still time. At least I hope there's still time. time. (laughs) I got to carve out some I got to be more intentional. Mm -hmm. I don't know about anybody else.
3: I really luck out in that uh, Roma has catechism class on Tuesday nights at our parish, and they... Time it so that it lines up with Eucharistic adoration in the church. Oh, that's nice. So I just, I just get to sit with our Lord every Tuesday while Roma's, you know, learning from a Carmelite nun in the uh, building across the way. So I um, am very grateful for that because it's like you know, the parish does that for me. Just kind of sets it up for me but it's a great way to just even if you have a few minutes to just go sit in silence in a eucharistic chapel i mean we're about to talk to sister alicia torres about the silence of the eucharist and our lady of guadalupe it's you know it's a great way to do it
2: Yeah, silence is the key i i can tell when I'm losing track if I'm if there's screens going everywhere and mm-hmm. music is loud. You know, that's and just a big, on and that's
3: just a nice way to do it. Turn off the screens. Off.
2: I got to turn things off.
3: It may even be as simple as that. You don't even yeah. have to go anywhere.
2: I got to not feel bad about not responding to everybody's emails. Yeah. It's 21 minutes past the hour.
9: Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com.
2: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles. A great place to shop for Christmas. From custom-made rosaries, heirloom-quality nativities, books and CDs, to Christ-centered gifts for the kids. St. Michael's Rosaries online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East. With their exclusive life care plus protection, if something goes wrong with your new Honda, you're covered.
1: Help me, Honda East. Get the car that I want.
14: Online at hondaeastcintzy.com I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one. The Abrasive One. Com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer
2: and renewal. As you begin a new year, take time to slow down, refocus, and experience the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com, JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com, JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. com.
3: 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So happy to have you along with us today. Sister Alicia Torres is back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. She's a member of the Franciscans of the Eucharist in Chicago and manages the Heart of the Revival e-newsletter as part of the National Eucharistic Revival Executive Team. Sister, good morning good morning great to be with you it is great to have you and we're going to be talking about our lady of Guadalupe today mm. uh, her feast December 12th she is the patroness of the Eucharistic revival is she not why is that
10: you know well our lady of Guadalupe is the patroness because in a very profound way when she came to the Americas and appeared to Juan Diego her main desire was to have a temple, a church built so that her son could be worshiped and glorified. And that means precisely that the mass could be celebrated and the Eucharist adored.
3: Yeah. And Juan Diego, wasn't he on his way to mass when she appeared to him? He was on his
10: way to mass. He was absolutely. So he himself already had that connection to the Lord. However, you know, his, his, his identity was really kind of crushed by the weight of the experience that he was having with the Spaniards coming into Mexico and all of these things. So Our Lady really helps to ennoble and enliven him and his mission of being part of the body of Christ.
3: How have you been reflecting on Our Lady of Guadalupe this year, sister?
10: You know, for me personally, I've been thinking about how John Paul II talks about in Ecclesia of the Eucharist, yeah, that Our Lady helps us, or he, she's, yeah, she's helping us to contemplate the face of Christ. And gazing upon the Eucharist is, in a very real way contemplating the face of christ and how her loving gaze is this model for me of how i can love jesus and then through that gaze on him be able to see him in those that i encounter
3: right because i mean the image of our lady of guadalupe she is actually pregnant with our mm-hmm. eucharistic lord
10: mm-hmm. she is she is she's uh, the all of the all of the imagery from the culture Um, of the time indicates that she's a woman that's expecting. Um, And actually, Father Tim Odenhoven, who's been writing some essays for us Mm -hmm. about our Lady of Guadalupe and the Eucharist, noted in his very first one last year that she's actually dancing. Like, there's this joy about her. Um, And we we ought to have joy when we're in the presence of our Lord. It's so wonderful.
3: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. You know, I think it's kind of fitting. I hope you can reflect on this, that... That her feast day always happens within the context of the season of Advent when we are called to be more quiet, to to mm-hmm. cultivate silence in our lives. I was thinking about the the miracle of those roses mm-hmm. that were growing on this rocky hillside. I mean, it's such a, a peaceful, silent sign that mm-hmm. that cut right to the heart of Juan Diego's bishop.
10: Mm-hmm. absolutely you know that was um part of their culture too the Floricanto, flowers and song were so important to the indigenous people as far as a way of connecting with their gods and so when our lady appears and effectively is the best evangelist of all history you know like thousands upon thousands millions upon millions of people you know because of her message of christ's love and mercy enter the church and and are baptized um and so the bishop would have certainly had a sense of that, but that silent, beautiful um, image of the flower is, is so fitting, and, and it's a sign of worship, right, that we're offering the beauty of God's creation back to God, and Our Lady knew that. You know, this is one of the reasons why outside of Advent and Lent we, we have flowers upon our altar. That's a sign of our offering and our very gift of self to the word as we prepare and celebrate the Mass.
3: And do you think the Eucharist is a miracle of silence as well? I think
10: that that's a perfect way for us to enter into reflecting on the Eucharist, especially as we draw close to Christmas, is that all of that happened in silence, right? The incarnation in the womb of Mary. In the hands of the priest, he, he speaks the words in the person of Christ, right? This is my body. This is my blood. And then in those silent moments, he's holding the Lord before us at that moment of consecration and elevation. And so there is a real call in this time to rediscover the power of silence in the Mass. Pope, John, um, Pope Francis talked about that in Desideria Desideravi. And I really hope that every single person listening this morning takes that to heart because there's no greater way to commune with God than in that deep and rich and strong
3: silence. Amen. I'm in. So, you know, this is our... Our final Advent before the Eucharistic Congress coming up in the summertime uh, next year, what do you think Our Lady of Guadalupe, how do you think Our Lady of Guadalupe is is inviting us to to come to our, Euchar- our Eucharistic Lord in this year?
10: Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think it's the same thing that she's always done is to Jesus through Mary, right? Mary's mission is a participation in the mission of her son. And so all of us, the Lord is inviting all of us through this revival to refix our gaze upon Christ in the Eucharist. So to contemplate the face of Christ in the school of Mary, like John Paul II said, was in a sense a program for the 21st century. And there's no better way to do that
3: than in the presence of the Eucharist. Most definitely. We've been talking to Sister Alicia Torres. And sister, if uh, listeners have not signed up, for the Heart of the Revival uh, newsletter that you manage, how can they do so? Yeah,
10: org slash newsletter.
3: Nice, we have that linked at sunrise sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to Sister Alicia Torres. Sister, really appreciate your time and your reflections this morning. Thank you for having me, God bless you. You too, sister, thank you very much. You can find all of our guests linked in the show notes at sonrisemorningshow.com. Encourage you to go check out our Video feed. If you click on uh, the show notes, you can find a link there. You can go uh, search for Sunrise Morning Show on YouTube. You can see what uh, see what what makeup Matt's wearing today. Okay, he's not actually wearing makeup. It's half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video message yesterday, Netanyahu said dozens of militants have surrendered as Israel continues trying to wipe them out in the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. He said it will take more time, but his message to Hamas is that it's over. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is set to travel to the White House tomorrow. Mark Mayfield reports.
5: President Biden invited Zelensky for a meeting to underscore the U.S. commitment to supporting Ukraine. An aid package for the country remains stalled in Congress with a visit coming less than a week after Senate Republicans blocked a bill to give aid to Ukraine and Israel in their respective fights against Russia and Hamas. Zelensky will also meet with House Speaker Mike Johnson. I'm Mark Mayfield.
3: During his Angeles address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration On human rights he went on to ask for prayers for all people suffering from war he said we are heading toward Christmas are we able with God's help to take concrete steps for peace he reminded the faithful to not forget tormented Ukraine Palestine and Israel in his catechesis for his Angelus address yesterday Pope Francis reflected on the gospel reading for the second Sunday of Advent focusing on the power of silence From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports.
16: From John the Baptist's position near the Jordan River, the Pope said, the desert from where the apostle preaches is a place of silence and
8: essentials.
16: (laughs) A place where someone cannot afford to dwell on useless things, but needs to concentrate on what is indispensable to live. This, the Pope said, is an always relevant reminder. To proceed on the journey of life, we need to be stripped of the more. Because to live well does not mean being filled with useless things, but being freed from the superfluous, to dig deeply within ourselves so as to hold on to what is truly important before God. Focusing on the second image, the voice, Pope Francis highlighted its connection to silence because it expresses what matures inside from listening to what the Spirit suggests. If someone does not know how to be quiet, he said, it is unlikely they will have something good to say, while the more attentive the silence, the stronger the word. Finally, the Pope suggested we ask ourselves, what place does silence have in my days? Is it an empty, perhaps oppressive silence, or is it a space for listening, for prayer, for guarding my heart? is my life sober or filled with superfluous things
8: Valorizamo il silencio, la sobrietà l'ascolto
16: even if it means going against the tide he concluded let us value silence sobriety and listening may mary virgin of silence help us to love the desert to become credible voices who testify to her son who is coming
3: I'm Linda Budoni. Multiple tornadoes in Tennessee have left at least six people dead and dozens injured. Two adults and a child were killed in Clarksville, while three others died in Madison, just north of Nashville. State officials say the tornadoes caused extensive damage across several Nashville suburbs. The National Weather Service says the same fierce storm system is likely to bring thunderstorms to much of the East Coast and heavy snow to the Appalachians throughout the day today. A second top University of Pennsylvania official is resigning after a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism concerns on college and university campuses. Scott Carr reports.
17: The University of Pennsylvania's chairman of the board, Scott Box, stepped down from his post, reports say just minutes after the resignation of university president Liz McGill on Saturday. McGill was already under pressure after a pro-Palestinian event was held on campus in September, followed by Hamas's attack on Israel and reports of rising anti-Semitism on the Penn campus. Reports say that pressure was amped up last week when McGill and the heads of other universities refused to say before a congressional panel that calling for the genocide of Jews violated their respective school's code of conduct. The president of Harvard University, Claudine Gay, has apologized for her response. I'm Scott Carr in Washington.
3: That's the news. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 35 past the hour.
1: (laughs)
9: If you would like to write to Sacred Heart Radio, our address is Sacred Heart Radio, 100 East 8th Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45202. Our phone number is 513-731-7740.
14: This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com. SKPHA.com.
9: Start your new year with purpose. Gate of Heaven Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is here to help you understand church teachings, to assist your loved ones tomorrow by thinking ahead today. Gate of Heaven Cemetery's free pre-planning seminar is on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering three time slots for your convenience, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. For reservations, 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org.
3: It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday of the second week of Advent, December the 11th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller-Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Going to be chilly again today. Right now it's kind of cold with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati it'll be mostly cloudy to mostly sunny skies today with a high of 40 degrees a few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 29 mostly sunny and a little bit warmer tomorrow and a high of 47 degrees for the Miami Valley Dayton area mostly sunny skies today with a high of 39 mostly clear early then a few clouds later tonight with an overnight low of 26 partly cloudy skies tomorrow and a little warmer with a high of 46 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com.
2: Well, you know what that music means. It means it's time to talk to Bear Wozniak, and he is known for his deep adventure. Projects uh, You may have seen him on The Long Ride Home on EWTN television. You may also have uh, picked up his latest book, which is called 12 Rules for Manliness. And it's all about some various things that men should probably be thinking about uh, and we may have forgotten about. Bear, good morning.
1: Mm.
23: Good morning. We're, we're still down in the Virgin Islands. We've been sailing it for a few weeks now. We're going to start recording our new little uh, YouTube video, Spirit of Adventure, while we're down here uh, starting this week.
2: Very cool. Well, we're talking today about creeds and codes. And, you know, we recite the Nicene Creed at Mass, sometimes, uh, you know, Mm. the Apostles' Creed. I, you know, pray the Apostles' Creed every time I pray the Rosary. But when you say a creed and a code for each individual man, you're not saying make up your own different version of the Nicene Creed because the Nicene Creed's not good enough. You're saying something else about your
23: own code. Uh, Talk about that. Yeah, you know, when I was writing the book, uh, 12 Rules for Manliness, I, I, I wrote out to a lot of men and said, please tell me what your creed is. And I got to say, I was disappointed with what came back. Some of, some of the bikers said, keep the rubber side down, and it was kind of like glib things like that. But I think a creed is something that we all really should consider uh, seriously, how our own personal talos, you know, our own personal the gifts and callings and even the limitations that God's given us. Uh what is it how are we supposed to live our life? Everyone has a un, a very unique fingerprint, thumbprint, uh, same thing with with the, our unique creed that we should live by. And there's a difference between a creed and a code. Uh my boyhood hero was Duke Hanamoku and his creed was simple to give aloha to everyone that he greets. Uh, aloha means to give love. Um and so a creed is kind of like, what is the essence of how you feel God is calling you individually to live your life? And we've had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the interviews that I've done uh, with men and women, you know, where the husband and wives are doing the show, or even uh, what I mean interviewed you just by the women. Uh, the, the husbands and wives are getting together, and they're really working through their individual creeds. So a creed is like a, a one-sentence, two-sentence statement, how you're going to live your life, and then a code. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a Rules of St. Benedict guy. You know, I'm a Benedictine on Blake. A code is how you live it out. Like the Marines, I think their creed is uh, Semper Fi, but then they have five or six c- kind of basic rules that they choose to live by. Do you, do you see what I mean, what I mean by the difference between oh, that? Oh, sure.
2: Yeah, some people call it a rule of life, right? The Benedictines, uh, you know, are kind of like a great model of that. You know, there's a there's a motto that goes along with... <laughs> Uh, You know, some some I mean, you mentioned the motto of the Marines, Uh, you know, various schools have mottos, uh, but then you got to figure out how to put handles on that. You know, I I couldn't help but think as you're mentioning this and as I was looking over, you know, the the topic today uh, that so often a lot of us default to the creed that I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. This is Spinal Tap, but the keyboard player Viv Savage is asked by Marty DeBerge, the filmmaker, do you have a creed or philosophy that you live by and he just says my creed is have a good time all the time and that's a that's not a very good creed but that's it seems like that's what creed. a lot of
23: people default to unless you define good as as only god being good and you're pursuing the that's figure. true but yeah but yeah you know it's a benedictine i would say our creed is or a e labora, you know uh hmm. prayer and work prayer and labor which it suits really well someone like me who's actually isn't, you know, it you know, works for a living, you know, so and for people like us. But, you know, um, the, the breaking down then of what is your creed, my, you know, my personal creed is, you probably know, we've shared it before, but um, my personal creed is the most radical quest you can pursue in life is to abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. And, you know, you know me well enough to know that that kind of defines the way God wired me too the way I kind of came back, reloaded. have a little bit more uh, of adventure, you know, in my life. But it basically boils it down to, I'm going to abandon myself to God's will. And I know in there, there's a wild adventure, but it's also where all the stuff happens, you know, where I get to see God, you know, move and do things. So that's a creed. But then the rules you're going to live your life by, those, those are different things. To codify those, that's different. And that's like these 12 rules in this book, there's plenty more rules, but those are just 12 of my rules. Um, but each person should sit down and, and and really have a conversation with God and with themselves and work it out over a week or two period. Get someplace alone out of nature or someplace and really wrestle with what, how did God make me? What, what, How should I be as an individual expressing the way God made me? And then what are the rules I'll live by? What is my creed? And what is my code? It was John Wayne that said, "Every man needs a creed, a code he can live by." I think he was quoting Louis L'Amour. The
13: yeah. great well, question,
2: Rinder. every man needs one, but every man's got one. And uh, if you don't, mm. if you don't do it in, intentionally, it's like I, uh, you know, I, I sometimes say on here, everybody has a religion. Some people believe in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like every, <laughs> there are people who, for whom, uh, you know. Being a fan of the Dallas Cowboys is their religion, right? There's there's people for whom, like, you can name anything in the world, right, uh, that somebody right. has devoted. Whatever you give your time, talent, and treasure to, that's ultimately uh, what you believe in. Right. I mean, Jesus says, you know, where your treasure is, there is your heart. But, you know, I, I don't know where where you go for some of this. I mean, the rule of St. Benedict is a great place. I like the Proverbs. Uh, you know, the Proverbs uh, are just yeah. loaded with with. Yeah. Things that I aspire yeah. to, that I fail at, but I aspire to. I remember um, very early on remembering, uh, you know, when you're memorizing these uh, these verses as a kid as an evangelical, uh, Proverbs fifteen one, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That's something that, mm-hmm. like, I try and instill in myself. Like, can I come up with a soft mm-hmm. answer to turn away wrath? Or am I going to come up with a harsh word that stirs up anger? Uh, I mean this is like the kind of stuff that that that's you don't have to like invent it from scratch it's out there <laughs> you know it's in the yeah. wisdom of the saints yeah. and the scriptures
23: you know that that really that really stirs up a thought me too you know when you read the catechism and its take on the 10 commandments you know the unique depth in which the the catechism goes in kind of like the obvious but then also the deeper meanings of those great way to think out uh you know what our personal code will be this is a thing i think that fathers should be doing with their with their sons with their children but especially with their son son what is your creek and, and you know what here's the beauty of it when we have limitations pay attention to that because in some ways that's the guardrails of, of where god wants us to, to live you know i'm, I'm not going to be an artist i thought i would be until i tried it you know i'm a terrible artist you know that kind of kept me though that my limitations kept me kind of in the between the navigational beacons of where God wanted me, but also where we have weaknesses that we have to overcome. Some of us have great strengths, but it's the weaknesses where we develop the virtue, so that when we go to exercise our strengths, we do that with humility and we do that with God, you know, with you know, godly motivation and grace.
2: Yeah, and uh, I mean, things like be a being a, a a listener, you know, to someone who is hurting. Right? Like this is these are the kinds of things where. Mm-hmm you know, even our own wounds can allow us to be better listeners, right? Or even our, uh, you know, own frustrations with the way things are can help us be better empathizers with other people who are going through similar things. Uh, I mean, even you you mentioned limitations, you know, think about, uh, you know, someone who, you know, has some sort of Chronic illness or some acute illness, and what is one of the first (laughs) things that can help them is finding someone else who's gone through it, right? I mean, even those weaknesses give us a chance, uh, you know, to to say I am not going to just take my own frustrations and struggles and internalize them and use them as an engine for my rage, (laughs) but I am going to take them and give them to other people
23: as gifts. I really like what you were saying too. You know, I had someone write to me today, one of the members of the man cave, about him really struggling in his marriage, and I could just give him all kinds of advice, or I could just listen, you know, and 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 give, and, and affirm where he's where it hurts, and, and and challenge him in areas. Then, but it's just like what you said, problems. Those guys had all kinds of advice, you know, for Joe, but then every one of them missed the mark, you know. And so uh, to be a good listener, Jesus said, finally, God said to Job, you done now? You want to listen (laughs) Want to hear what I have to say? So listening to others, but listening to God, too.
2: All right. Creed and Code. Good stuff to think about here on uh, the Sunrise Morning Show, Bear Wozniak. Thank you so much for being a part of it, and have a great time. We'll talk to you again soon.
23: Okay. Ahoy ho.
13: Aloha.
2: And we've got Bear's book. 12 Rules for Manliness, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Check it out. We're back with Stephanie Mann after this.
7: It's 14 Till.
0: Support is for Metashare.
7: So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join Metashare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MetaShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And, again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number 844 55 Bible. That's 844 55 Bible. 844 55 Bible. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to
9: find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the sunrise morning show to find out how it works email me leah at sacredheartradio.com that's leah at sacredheartradio.com
21: the most original and exclusive catholic content is on ewtn radio
23: you know we talk story with each of our very unique guests for the whole hour so that you can go deep with us as you yourself pursue your own story of heroic virtue and as you pursue intimacy with God.
1: The
24: Bear Wozniak Adventure, Saturday night, 6 Eastern, on
3: EWTN Radio.
2: 12 Till, here's Anna with headlines.
3: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has released a video message saying it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights and asked the faithful to pray for all people suffering from war. And the Holy Father announced the Catholic Church's first World Day of Children will be taking place the weekend of May 25th and 26th next year. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Stephanie Mann. Go read her blog at supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. We're continuing our series on Father Henry Sebastian Bowden's mementos of the English Martyrs and Confessors for Every Day in the Year, which you can find from Sophia Institute Press. Stephanie, good morning.
25: Good morning, Anna. I do have to comment about uh, Pope Francis' declaration. We used to say to our parents, well, why isn't there a Child's Day? I mean, there's Father's Day, there's Father's Day. <laughs> and my mother would always
3: reply, every day is Child's Day. You know that. <laughs> and children certainly let you know it, don't they, Stephanie? Yes. <laughs> yes, they certainly do. They certainly do. But it's nice. Anyways. It's nice for them to get their own day, for sure. Yes. So we'll look forward to that yes. at the the end of May next year. <laughs> So, uh, Stephanie, today we are going to be talking about St. Eustace White, who was venerable Eustace White when when Father Bowden wrote this book. He was martyred, martyred at Tyburn on December 10th, 1591. And he was a convert to Catholicism, correct?
25: Yes, he was. That's one of the details that Father Bowden includes in his book memento of this this martyr is that he was uh, born in lincolnshire and his conversion as he says so offended so much offended his father an earnest protestant that the father laid a curse upon him mm. but father uh, white <laughs> took that curse with him to uh, the continent studied for the priesthood and returned to england as a missionary priest so he wow went even deeper into his conversion, maybe after his father cursed him and became a priest. He was arrested, however, and then came under the hands of of uh, Richard Topcliffe, uh, the notorious. Pursuant of priest and I don't I almost have to say he's a kind of a professional torturer. He even had a torture chamber in his home. Whoa. So he could work from home if he needed to. That's that's just a horrible detail that he was this this in, in, invested in his work because what he wanted to do was find out where from those he arrested where more Catholics were, who he should arrest next and who they could charge with the crime of being a Catholic or saying Mass wow. or hearing Mass. So
1: yeah.
3: Wow. Uh,
25: Bad, it, it was a bad situation for Father Eustace, but he turned it into a beautiful, beautiful end of his life and martyrdom.
3: He did. And one of the things that I have been loving, and I've said this before, about doing this series, these segments with you each week on on Father Bowden's book, is that you go and do more research to put mm-hmm. more meat on the bones, so to speak, um, to to better understand what Father Bowden is reflecting on here because mm-hmm. it talks about the the title of of this entry for mm-hmm. for December tenth is the sweat of the passion so can you talk about this torture that that father white underwent under top yeah Def? It, it sounds simple. I mean, it sounds like, well, why would this hurt so badly? But he was hung by
25: his wrists. So his wrists were tied above, above his head and hung. And father, another priest, uh, Father John Gerard, who was a Jesuit and one of the leaders of the Jesuit mission in England, described it. And he said that that it, it, they were he was left hanging by his hands and arms fastened above his head. The tips of his toes were still reaching the ground so they removed dirt from under it so that he was totally suspended by his wrists above his head and he says that he he started to pray father uh, uh, well father white experienced this too but father gerard says started to pray but that all of a sudden there was such a pain it, it he started cramping in his chest and belly and and all the blood seemed to be rushing to his hands. I thought the blood was oozing from the ends of my fingers and the cores of my skin, because his flesh was swelling. So it was so intense. So this is what Father Eustace White also suffered. In fact, he that that sweat of the passion refers to the fact that he sweat for the the that his body the sweat from his body actually wet the ground beneath. Wow. And yet they could get no information from him about any Catholics he visited or any other priests that he had worked with. And so he, he really confounded uh, Topcliffe. And then his his words that he uses, and again, Father Bowden picks his words very carefully, too. Under the extremity of his passion, he cried out, Lord, more pain, if thou pleasest, and more patience. Wow. And then to speak to Topcliffe the way he does, says, I'm not angry at you, this— angry at you but i will pray to god for your welfare and salvation and topcliffe said i don't want you to pray for me i don't want your prayers and mm. then father eustace kind of went doubled down on it himself and said well i will pray for you at the gallows because you have great need of prayers
1: wow.
25: so yes very dramatic scene and just showing what first kind of the hatred uh, that topcliffe had for this man that he couldn't even stand it know that he would pray for him and secondly the great love that the priest had for his torture that he would pray for him and and be concerned for his welfare spiritual welfare
3: yeah absolutely and and he was not the only one who was praying for top cliff was he yes
25: uh-huh. Yes, because the same day that the December tenth, there were two sites of execution, and Topcliffe was was at the other one, which was at Gray's Inn Road, where a number of pre- two priests and a number of laymen were being executed. And one of those laymen, Saint Swithin Wells, famous, uh, one of the famous martyrs of of the forty, who said that he was praying for Topcliffe that he like like Saul would be converted knocked off his high horse Amazing. as we use, as we say. And that Paul stopped persecuting Catholics and become like Saint Paul. So again, I don't think that that uh wish that prayer was ever granted because right. uh Topwith was obdurate. But yeah. still just these images that we have of these martyrs and what they suffered and the spirit with which they suffered it too. It it just it sometimes it seems almost unbelievable, but at the same time we know that that this has been true throughout all the ages of the church, that martyrs have suffered excruciating pains and yet had great patience and love and endured. And so they're an example to us in, in our little things that happen to us. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Being open to the graces of God and gra- grace will be poured into you if if you ask yes. the Lord to do it. You have to uh, Father Hezekiah's Carnazzo always says you have to be a martyr before you're a martyr. Or you won't be a martyr when you're yes. martyred. And, uh, they are a right. great example of it. We've been talking to Stephanie Mann. You can find her blog linked at com. Stephanie, thank you. God bless you, Anna. See you're you. Too. Talk to you next week
0: family because we've continued to receive many online gifts and one large donation. We've now exceeded our $60,000 pledge drive goal. Thank you. Yeah, we can now pay the light bills. And you know, to lead others into the light of Christ can be as simple as wearing a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt, which we will send you for pledging to give just $10 a month throughout 2024. To pledge now, visit sacredheartradio.com. Again, thank you for your support and telling others about Sacred Heart Radio and
12: the Sacred Heart Radio app. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. In the market for hardwood, check out MSI's Ladson & McCarran, manufactured from European White Oak. These engineered planks are on-trend and highly sophisticated. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H-Tile.com.
3: Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted, gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com.
2: Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio. Offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com.
0: Support is from Solidarity HealthShare.
4: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? we have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what
10: doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
11: Take control of your healthcare and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688.
0: Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at WimbergLandscaping.com. That's WimbergLandscaping.com. Support for Sacred Heart
21: Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at delhipetcenter.com. That's delhipetcenter.com.
8: I am Father Rufino Ezama, the Provincial Superior of the Comboni Missionaries. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic
0: Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's
2: We continue on this Monday, the 11th of December, praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, at your first coming, you took flesh of the Virgin Mary. In the present age, dwell in our midst in your mercy and love. At your first coming, you healed the sick and forgave sinners. In the present age, heal and forgive your people. At your first coming, you proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And the present age, teach us to live by the kingdom's laws of love. God, all merciful, you sent your son into the world through the obedient love of the virgin to preach the good news of your kingdom to the sick and the sorrowful, to the sinful and the outcast. By her example and her intercession, increase in your church the life and works of your kingdom as we await his return in glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. It is a better way to start a Monday morning. The Sunrise Morning Show here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 AM, 895 FM. Well, we got all kinds of different places that you can hear us. I'm uh, I'm saying old IDs over here. I'm uh I'm out of source. I'm just so excited because I looked at the website over the weekend and I saw that you all have uh helped us hit our $60,000 goal for our pledge drive. So thank you for that. Of course, that's supposed to get us through to the new year. So if you have any end-of-year gifts to make to help us uh, continue forth strong into 2024, you are always welcome to give still at sacredheartradio.com. Dr. John Papino will be along talking to Anna Mitchell about the next Institute for Catholic Culture course on patristics. Amy Wilborn. We'll discuss Jean-Paul Sartre's nativity, nativity play. I can never say his last name right, by the way. I apologize to all of our French listeners. Dr. Benjamin Lewis will be translating another Latin, another language, Latin, as we look at uh, Advent lauds this morning. And then Marlon De La Torre on at the end of the hour. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. News is a service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. <laughs>
3: Good morning. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said it's the beginning of the end for Hamas. In a video message released yesterday, Netanyahu asserted that dozens of militants have surrendered as Israel continues to try to wipe them out in the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. He said it will take more time, but his message to Hamas is it's over. During his Angelas address yesterday Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights from Vatican Radio Sister Bernadette Rees reports
4: It is like a master plan he said many steps have been taken many still need to be made and unfortunately at times steps backwards have been taken
8: Impegno per i diritti
4: The commitment to human rights is never finished, the Pope said, adding that he is close to all those who work and fight to defend human rights in the concrete situations of everyday life. The Holy Father expressed his joy at the release of Armenian and Azerbaijani prisoners. I look with great hope on this positive sign between Armenia and Azerbaijan for peace in the South Caucasus, the Pope said, while encouraging both nations with their leaders to conclude a peace treaty as soon as possible. Pope Francis went on to ask for prayers for all peoples suffering from war. We are heading toward Christmas. Are we able, with God's help, to take concrete steps for peace, he asked. While acknowledging the difficulties of resolving conflicts that have deep historical roots, the Pope invited everyone to follow the example of men and women who have worked wisely and patiently for peaceful coexistence. And returning to the issue of human rights, the Pope called for civilians, hospitals, and places of worship to be protected, for hostages to be freed, and for humanitarian aid to be guaranteed in conflict areas. And let us not forget tormented Ukraine, Palestine, and Israel, he added. Finally, with the COP28 conference on climate change drawing to a close in Dubai, Pope Francis asked for prayers for a good outcome for the care of our common home and the protection of populations. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese.
3: Pope Francis has announced the Church's first World Day of Children. He announced on Friday the Church will celebrate this first World Day of Children next May. Speaking from the window of the Apostolic Palace overlooking St. Peter's Square, the Holy Father said the celebration will be in Rome on the weekend of May 25th and 26th. Multiple tornadoes in Tennessee have left at least six people dead and dozens injured. Two adults and a child were killed in Clarksville, while three others died in Madison, just north of Nashville. State officials say the tornadoes caused extensive damage across several Nashville suburbs. Meanwhile, millions are getting drenched as that major storm now impacts the East Coast. Mark Mayfield has the story.
5: Travel advisories and flash flood alerts are in effect for many areas, including New York City, with up to five inches of rain expected to fall. Forecasters are predicting wind gusts of 50 miles per hour or higher from Washington to Boston. Damaging storms are also affecting the south, from Virginia to the Florida Panhandle. I'm Mark Nefield.
3: The president of the University of Pennsylvania is resigning after a congressional hearing about anti-Semitism on college campuses. The House is investigating Harvard, MIT, and Penn after their presidents failed to explicitly say that calling for the genocide of Jews violates their code of conduct. They f- cited freedom of speech. On Saturday, UPenn president Liz McGill announced she would be resigning, effective immediately, and meanwhile... Harvard President Claudine Gay has apologized for her response during the hearing, saying that threats against the university's Jewish students have no place at the school. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman.
26: Well, I hope you didn't get rid of your Bengals season tickets I just know, yet. Right?
3: Well, maybe you
26: don't close sell the book them on them for yet. a higher
3: amount than you we, uh, first anticipated. We
26: might, we might have something here. Bengals uh, win decisively over the uh, once-hot Indianapolis Colts, thirty-four to fourteen. Jake Browning, downtown, Jake Browning. Completed 18 of 24 passes, 275 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but uh, very forgivable. Also uh, had a rushing score to go with it. Breakout game for Chase Brown. He caught three passes, and one of them, he was gone. He scored a touchdown. Joe Mixon had a solid day as well. 79 yards and found pay dirt once. Cincinnati now tied for a third in the AFC North with Pittsburgh. At seven and six, will host the Vikings on Saturday. Saturday, Anna Mitchell. So uh, keep an eye on that. Browns did okay. win. Ravens won. Um, if you're wondering what the Vikings did, did you see their final score? Anna, no, I did not. Three to nothing.
3: I did see that it was Minna- nothing to nothing Minna- at Minna- halftime. Yeah,
26: Minnesota beat uh, the Las Vegas Three Athletics. That's how. That's how <laughs> we got to remember that. So. Um, and then, oh, uh, sorry for um, our station manager Bill Levin. I'm going to say this quietly: the Chiefs lost again. Oh, I know. I know. Twenty to seventeen, they lost to the Bills. That was kind of a heartbreaker. And uh, speaking of heartbreakers, if you are a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan, Ooh, heartbreaking yeah, loss man. Uh, to Xavier, eighty-four uh, seventy-nine. Bearcats' uh, first loss of the season. They dropped to seven and one. Will host Bryant uh, tomorrow. Before they have another rivalry game next Saturday, they play Dayton. Oh, and the Flyers are seven and two. So uh, good luck there, Musketeers. Will uh, be off all week until they play Winthrop. Oh, on really? Saturday. So there you go.
3: Okay.
26: Uh, fun, fun sports Monday.
3: Congratulations to the Columbus Crew.
26: I Columbus yeah. Congratulations. I mean, we gotta, I mean, yeah, they beat the LAFC it's for nice their to third see MLS an Ohio Cup.
3: Team beat an LA team. That's, fair. That's where fair. I'm going with
26: that. Uh, you're speaking of, I think the next Ohio State game is Saturday. They play UCLA. Mick nice. Cronin
3: Oh, UCLA. Nice. There you go. Awesome.
26: So, all right, let's get to traffic and weather. Traffic, first day service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick and GMC, and Eaton, Ohio on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Take it away. Yeah.
3: Lot going on, a couple of slow spots to report. Southbound 75, as per usual, slowing through the Lachlan split. Northbound 75, as per usual, slowing from uh, Mitchell up toward Paddock. Northbound 471, a little slow from Grand Avenue up to the river. And then uh, this is the unusual slow spot. I'm not sure if there was an earlier accident or maybe there will be one reported by the time I do my next traffic update in about. 10-ish minutes. Uh, You're slowing on eastbound Ronald Reagan from Hamilton over toward Winton Galbraith. Now, for weather, still chilly. It's rather cold out right now, so definitely put on a coat as you're heading out the door. Mostly cloudy to mostly sunny today in Cincinnati with a high of 40 degrees. A few clouds tonight in Chile with an overnight low of 29 Mostly sunny skies tomorrow and a little bit warmer, a high of 47. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly sunny skies today with a high of 39 degrees, mainly clear tonight then a few clouds later on with an overnight low of 26. That'll lead to partly cloudy skies tomorrow and a high of 46 degrees. Today is Monday, December the 11th. It is the feast of Pope Saint Damasus the first. Pray for us. Joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. John Papino. He is returning to teach a new course, the next course at the Institute of Catholic Culture. This one on Patristics 101. Dr. Pepino, welcome back to the show.
19: Well, hello there, Annie. How are you doing?
3: I am doing fine and very excited to get to talk to you about this. Very excited for this course, um, which I will be participating in as uh, sort of the ICC guide, um, along with you, who will actually be teaching us. Um, My first question to you is just to make sure that everybody is on the same page here, Dr. Dr. Papino. What do we mean when we say... Patristics. What is that?
19: Yes. Now, patristics is the study of the fathers of the church, and those would be the orthodox writers who wrote in the first seven centuries of the history of Christianity. So names like St. Ignatius, St. Irenaeus, St. Clement of Alexandria, St. Cyprian uh, for the first half of that period, and for the second half of that period the great names like St. Ambrose, St. Augustine, and uh, today's uh, patron saint, Saint, uh, saint Damasus, among many others. So those would be the fathers of the church and in patristics we read and study their works.
3: Okay, so in 101, which will be the first semester at the ICC, and by the way, registration is open for this. Go to Institute of instituteofcatholicculture.org and uh, you can find the little card on the website to click on to uh, (laughs) register for this course. You can audit it or you can uh, take it as a certificate track. And uh, so 101 will be the first half of the year, Dr. Papino. What will we be focusing on in this 101 course?
19: So we'll begin with uh, sort of studying what patristics is, just a bit of theory at the beginning. And then we'll begin with St. Clement of Rome who was a disciple of St. Peter and Paul. He was the, the, a pope, and he wrote a letter to the Corinthians. It, and it, it reads a bit like an epistle of St. Peter or St. Paul.
1: Mm.
19: And he's uh, among the first of the apostolic fathers, the disciples of the apostles who sort of carry the torch they got from the apostles. Then we'll read the famous St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was um, the bishop of Antioch, A couple of bishops after St. Peter was bishop over there. He wrote seven epistles. We'll read all of them. Then the Didache, this this fascinating teaching of the early church. Then we'll go into the apologists, who are the Christians who wrote to the pagans to defend and explain Christianity. So people like St. Athenagoras, uh, the letter to Diagnetus, St. Justin Martyr, St. Theophilus of Antioch, who's the first Christian to use the word Trinity in one eighty. Mm. AD. Then the great Saint Irenaeus, who writes against the heresies and defends apostolic uh, succession. Saint Clement of Alexandria. Then we'll read Origen, the great biblical exegete of the mid-third century. Tertullian, at about the same time, who is the founder of Latin theological expression. Then the great Bishop of Carthage, Saint Cyprian, who dies in 254. And we'll round out the course... By reading, it'll be kind of a, a review of the entire course by reading extracts from Eusebius of Caesarea's oh, uh, yeah. church history. He's the first church historian, and uh, that'll bring us to the Council of Nicaea, the first council of the church.
3: All of this happens before Nicaea.
19: Yes. Wow. <laughs> And that's just the tip of the iceberg, but we can't do everything. I hope it's an introduction for people to read further and ponder further on their own as well. This is just an introduction after all.
3: Well, I guess the the devil's advocate question here, Dr. Papino, is why in the world does it matter for us to know what these men believed prior to the Council of Nicaea? I mean, this is so old? Why do we care about what these old guys had to say?
19: (laughs) That's a very interesting question. Well, on the one hand, okay, there are many reasons to do it. An immediate uh, reason is to see how people who lived that long ago, as you say, shared with us the same love of God and Mm. of Christ and the same sacraments, the same beliefs, the same church. So, although they're so long ago, we are among friends when we read them. And also because outside of Scripture, uh, revelation is handed on to us by tradition, and a big component of tradition is precisely what the fathers of the Church taught, because they act as witnesses to the faith or as authoritative teachers of the faith. And so we can see that even before the councils, Christians were not at a loss as to what to believe, and that the faith, of all the 21 councils of the Church, from Nicaea all the way to Vatican II, that the faith of those councils, indeed the faith of the Church, is also the faith of these early Christian writers in in an unbroken continuity from these disciples of the apostles and through the entire, as we call it, patristic age, so bringing us to the 7th century and then to today.
3: It's really incredible. I mean, we recite the creed at mass every Sunday, and and these are the men that laid the foundation for that prayer that we continue to recite in this day and age.
19: That's exactly right. In fact, um, although, of course, the the bishops gathered at Nicaea did hammer out uh, that that creed, there were creeds in existence before that that uh, people... Would recite the night they were baptized on the vigil of Easter, as a profession of faith, and you and we'll see some of these, by the way, in this course. Different early versions of the Creed of the Church. Um, some are longer and some are shorter than the Creed of Nicaea, but they all have the same faith in them. Cool.
3: I am so excited about this course. Go to Institute of Catholic org, and you can find the card to click on to register for Patristics 101 with Dr. John Pepino, who teaches this um, uh, for a living at Guadalupe Seminary uh, for the Fraternity of St. Peter. And Dr. Pepino, like I said, I am so excited to join you for Patristics 101 uh, starting in January. So thank you so much for telling us about it this morning.
19: Certainly, and I will see you there.
3: I look forward to it. All right, it's 18 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. we got traffic and weather coming up next.
11: I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith, when Steve Ray will continue his series on the 12 unknown sorrows of Mary. Jeannie Ewing will discuss how to overcome fear with hope. I reflect on the importance of nativity scenes in Catholic homes with frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at four on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the
1: road to Christ the King. King. Hold faith.
0: Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM wine shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at BridgetownFinderMeats.com. Young adults, have you thought about God's calling for your life? We invite you to
21: consider consecrating your life to God as a member of the Catholic Corps. Dedicate your life to prayer and enjoy living in community with like-minded Catholics. Support families through helping host events and spreading the message of total consecration to Jesus through Mary in union with St. Joseph. Visit the Catholic Corps Consecrated Communities for one week this spring and fall. Sign up today at afc.org. cc
9: the Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the Baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiiLifeCenter.org. That's jpiiLifeCenter.org. Because Christmas means life.
3: 20 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. And this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive. Pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton. On the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Still slowing down on eastbound Ronald Reagan between Hamilton Avenue and Winton Galbraith. Kind of an unusual slowdown. Uh, Everything else seems to be calming down a little bit heavy as you're heading through the Lachlan split on southbound 75 and on northbound 75 between Mitchell and Paddock. Now for weather, mostly cloudy to mostly sunny today in Cincinnati with a high of 40 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 29, mostly sunny and a little warmer tomorrow with a high of 47. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly sunny today and a high of 39, mainly clear early, then a few clouds later on tonight with an overnight low of 26, part the cloudy skies tomorrow, and a high of 46. Now please pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart. Offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Amy Wellborn joins us next. It's 22 past.
0: Bill Levitt here, and my advice for static-free winter listening is get the Sacred Heart Radio app by going to sacredheartradio.com and using the QR code. Then you'll hear us on your phone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth. If you listen to the radio while driving and 740 has too much interference, try 9:10 a.m. at home. Ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Listen Live to enjoy Sacred Heart Radio static-free.
21: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The Twin Dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at
0: twindental.com. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org.
21: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs, from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at delhi petcenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive. Serving the Hamilton
2: area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com.
3: With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Amy Wellborn. You can read her Charlotte Was Both blog and check out her books and a new podcast that she co-hosts over at her site, amywellborn.com. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. Of course I have to have a podcast. Of course right? you have to have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, tell us about this. Yeah,
24: well, this is not my idea. It was I- idea of my friend Chris Barnett, who is from Villanova University. He lives here in town, but he's associated with Villanova. And he wanted to do a podcast on culture and spirituality. So Ooh. I have joined him in that effort. It's called FYI Podcast. Right now we're looking at movies. Uh, he picks a movie, I pick a movie, and we talk about the spiritual kind of implications and messages of these movies which can range from the explicitly spiritual like um, You know Lilies of the field which I'm de- we're talking about this week to those with more subtle messages And so you can find that at my blog on the sidebar But if you search for FYI pod, you'll probably find it.
3: I Am going to listen I can't imagine, I love listening to you talk about pop culture, particularly, I mean, I love talking to you about anything, but uh, this sounds incredible. So you said FYI Pod, is it? Yeah, name?
24: yeah, and he's Chris is a philosopher, and oh, nice. Kierkegaard is his guy, and so he's a lot more learned about this stuff than I am, I'm, you know, sort of like, you know, oh, that was a great scene, and he's like T- dropping Kierkegaard, <laughs> you know, but. It's, it's a good exchange, good conversation.
3: Well, one thing that I love about um, your take on things is that you have a you have a very childlike way. I, you, <laughs> you write so well for children. I think that that's, uh, I, I mean this all, I, you're laughing, but, way, I, but it, no. <laughs> I mean it very seriously that, that you have this childlike perspective um, that I think is so important um, and coupled with a philosopher like that. Um, sounds really incredible. So definitely check it out. FYI pod. Now, um, I was rather intrigued by a post that you put up on your blog the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, The avowed atheist Jean-Paul Sartre wrote a nativity play. How did this come about? He
24: did. Yeah. And so first of all, I have to give credit to um, Jack Newell, who wrote a article about this, at, on the in the November twenty seventh issue of Commonweal. That's sure. how I came across it. This is not, you know, my own research, but yeah. So Sartre, the existential philosopher, atheist, um, wrote a nativity play. He did, and he did this when he was a prisoner in a german war camp Mm. so he had been drafted into the french army was captured by the germans and then was interred in a prison camp in 1940 and many of the other um prisoners there and those to whom he gravitated were priests um because mm. he could have intellectual conversations with them. he They could talk about books, which they did. He was introduced, for example, to Bernanos and read and really appreciated Diary of a Country Priest wow. when he was in this prison camp. And before Christmas, one of the priests came to him and with the idea of writing a nativity play. And um, he was encouraged to do this, and he put himself into it. He did it. And, of course, it reflected. The play uh, called Baronia reflects uh, his existential perspective, but he explicitly wrote it as, you know, in good faith, you know, as a way of trying to bring prisoners together and to bring a sense of hope to this situation. It was performed three times um, by... The uh, prison cast, it was, um, I think, something I read indicated 2,000 of the prisoners saw it, and the the, uh, Christmas Eve performance was followed by Midnight Mass. Sartre himself played a role in the play. Balthazar, Hmm. uh, one of the three kings, and one of the priests who was there actually wrote a book about his experience with Sartre in this prison camp, reported that... Sartre went to Midnight Mass and sang in the choir. Wow. (laughs) So so you never know. But it's a very interesting play in that it does reflect his sort of existential um, philosophy.
3: How, I don't know, I'm not sure if there, is the text available somewhere that people can go look at this? or, Or what did you find out about that? Because it seems so counterintuitive, a nativity play that is existential in nature.
24: Yeah, well, he – when he wrote it, he wrote to his partner, Simone de Beauvoir, Beauvoir about this mm. at the time, and he kind of bragged about it. He said, I've written a div- nativity play that's brought everybody to tears. Wow. But then later, he basically disavowed it. He didn't He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't allow it to be published. She was a playwright. Of course, No Exit is probably his most famous play. Um, and But he didn't want it published, and he only ha- allowed it to be published in 1962 when a group of his former fellow prisoners kind of, you know got together and asked them to do it because they wanted they wanted it they wanted a memory of it i don't know if it's available in English anywhere in its complete form. Um, it may be available in French. I know there's an Italian translation of it. And I did see that it has been performed at least once in recent years in the United States and San Francisco. It did not mm. get a great review from what I read, but it has been performed. Uh, you can find bits and pieces. I you know, quoted a big section from it on my blog that I thought was actually a very beautiful yeah. reflection on the Blessed Mother.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so, Amy, you asked this question in your blog, and, and I'm wondering if you can answer it from your own perspective, or you bring up the thought anyway, it's Like taking, you write, taken together, they might spark reflection on the presence of God among us and our role, inviting, nudging, suggesting, advocating, and making that presence known. How do you see the story of a priest encouraging Jean-Paul Sartre to write a play, which he did? Um, as as an example of this.
24: Yeah, I mean, I think we always run the risk, no matter who we are, no, what our pers- no matter what our perspective on life or faith is, of building walls, right, and of retreating. And sometimes it can seem, sometimes it is the best thing to retreat, sure. but sometimes, you know, most of the time it's not, you know, because that's not what Jesus calls us to. Jesus calls us to go out and to not live in a bubble. And, to have faith and hope that every human being is loved by God. Every human being is being called by God, whether they know it or not. And it is our kind of responsibility as fellow human beings as, you know, to engage with our brothers and sisters, with other human beings on that level, to not think that anybody is cut off from the action of God in their life, and it may be, and and to encourage that, to encourage that vision, to encourage them to see whatever they're doing, their gifts, their talents, their ordinary lives as part of this big picture, as as part of this journey, uh, and as maybe giving them an opportunity to respond not only to their own desires, not only to their feelings, but to God. And so, you know, we don't know how that bears fruit. I mean, Sartre, you know, was it converted by this? Although there are reports that at the end of his life, he was turning a bit from his hardcore atheist stance. Wow. Um, and we don't know. But, you know, the point is, is that God We can find God in all things, and all people are being called by God to use their gifts and their time on earth for him. And, you know, to recognize that, to see seeds of that, and to see hints of that, and glimpses of that, even in, you know, the life and the work of somebody like Sartre, um, is a very exciting way to live, and much more interesting than staying behind a wall.
3: Yeah. Um, Paul's going to get mad at me because I'm going to say one more thing to ask you to reflect on. He gets no respect when he runs the music (laughs) under me. Um, You know, you think about it. He he writes this nativity play, and whether he knew it or not, our Lord became incarnate and was born and laid in that manger so that he could enter into that same suffering that Sartre was experiencing in that prison camp in order to save him. Him, exactly. an avowed atheist, whether he knew it or not.
24: And that kind of is the message of the play, interestingly enough, that, wow. you know, existentialism is all about the choice. It's about, you know, we don't know why we're here, but we have a choice to live or not, right, and to have hope or not. And that's kind of what the play is about. I mean, I didn't go into the plot, but um, it, it involves a, you know, an individual who wants to kill Christ because he doesn't like the uh the prophecy of this child growing up to be a man of peace giving hope to people but he is co- converted and he instead gives his own life to protect the child
3: yeah wow incredible you can read more yeah. about it over at amy <laughs> wellborn's blog go to amywellborn.com and while you're there check out her books and this new podcast that she has FYI pod Amy really appreciate you writing about this uh, bringing it to our attention and talking about it with us this morning thank you thank you very much appreciate it you bet all right it is 34 minutes past the hour now Paul I'll listen to the music this time thank you it's time for news Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says it's the beginning of the end for Hamas he released a video message yesterday saying dozens of Hamas militants have surrendered as Israel continues to try to wipe them out in the ongoing war in the Gaza Strip. He said it will take more time, but his message to Hamas is that it is over. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis marked the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration on Human Rights. The Holy Father went on to ask for prayers For all people suffering from war, he said, we are heading toward Christmas. Are we able, with God's help, to take concrete steps for peace? And he said, let us not forget tormented Ukraine, Palestine, and Israel. Multiple tornadoes in Tennessee have left at least six people dead and dozens injured. Two adults and a child were killed in Clarksville, while three others died in Madison, just north of Nashville. State officials say The tornadoes caused extensive damage across several Nashville suburbs, and millions are getting drenched now as that major storm impacts the East Coast. And Pope Francis on Friday announced the church's first World Day of Children. He announced that the World Day of Children will take place next May on the weekend of May 25th and 26th. 8.36 8.36 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Well,
26: Why, thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. It is a victory Monday, and uh, I was at the game, so if my voice sounds a little funny, that's why. How about this? Bengals took care of business against the rival Indianapolis Colts. 34-14 to 14 final score, Jake Browning. This guy's something special. 18 of 24, 275 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, Bengals sit in the middle of the pack in the AFC. They have a 7-6 record and will host the Minnesota Vikings on Saturday afternoon. In case you're wondering around the division, Browns snapped a two-game skid with a 31-27 win over the Jaguars. Browns are now second in the division at 8-5 and will host the Bears on Sunday. How about the uh, Ravens? Ravens edged the Rams thirty-seven to thirty-one in overtime, winning, winning on a uh, punt return. And uh, the team the Bengals play next, the Vikings, they took down the Raiders in the lowest-scoring game since two thousand and seven, three to nothing. Final score there. That's a check-in on sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this.
1: The Sun-
9: Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com.
21: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com.
2: Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville, on the web at LarkinCobb.com.
9: If you would like to write to Sacred Heart Radio, our address is Sacred Heart Radio, 100 East 8th Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45202. Our phone number is
2: 513-731-7740. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Dr. Benjamin Lewis, Director of Translation Services for the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Dr. Lewis, good morning. Oh, do we have him? Oh, no. We may have lost him we'll try and get him on the phone or something i i'll uh, i'll wait for paul to uh to let me know when that happens but he'll run um,
3: the music again
2: he'll run the music again he's been running the music again on people today <sighs> we're not doing well with our with our time cues as a hosting well duo
3: you know you talk to somebody like amy wellborn and it's just yeah like, you
2: kind of you, you this happens a lot with a lot of guests
3: yeah it's like you just don't want to stop kind of hate to wrap it
2: up yeah with the hard break. It is Monday, December the 11th. Tomorrow, uh, Anna Mitchell, just want to put it out there for anybody who's going grocery shopping today. Don't forget that tomorrow is Taco Tuesday. It is also the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. If you are not a person who throws liturgical parties in your household, I feel like tomorrow is a good place to start. A good place to start. We now have Dr. Benjamin Lewis on the line. Dr. Lewis, good morning. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Doing well, and uh, before we get into today's text, uh, you had sent us a note, and I find this is fascinating, uh, about how when you are doing translations of a text that people don't understand into a language that they do understand, you have to be careful not to quote-unquote over-translate. Now, what do you mean by that?
27: Sure, yeah, well, it's like Aristotle says about virtue, it's it's a balance between deficiency and excess, and I think that's a pretty good way of describing the challenge of of translation, you have to strive for a kind of balance. You don't want to over translate. You don't want to under translate. And what I mean by that is the the essence of translation is you're taking something unintelligible and making it intelligible. And in in the process of doing that, you don't want to insult the intelligence of the person you're translating for. Right. This is something we do um, throughout life in a 100 different ways. Um, If I ask you to explain the radio to me, uh, you could explain it in a way that assumes more knowledge than I have, or you can explain it to a way that makes me feel like i 'm five years old and you 're insulting my intelligence by by explaining to me things that I, you don 't need to explain so uh, when we 're translating from a, from a t- anything really um, we can we can over translate we can explain more than needs to be explained and in in the case of liturgical translation um, there's a temptation to explain things um, that are meant to be sort of mysterious or ambiguous or vague in the text we're translating. And that's part of the beauty of what we're translating is there's a kind of uh, multiplicity of meaning or a polyvalence to the text. Um, And we don't want to try to explain it away or uh, insult the intelligence of of our audience by by sort of dumbing it down, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you don't want to...
2: You don't want to kill the poetry either. Uh, right. You know, in the mix. Exactly. Of it. You know, as we're approaching uh, the Christmas season, I can't help but think of uh, how this sometimes happens to Christmas hymns. Um, I don't hear it on the radio, but I do see it in in hymnals and churches, and the one – since you and I both have Wesleyan backgrounds – the one that always gets me is Mark the Herald Angels Sing, (laughs) where the original line just says, pleased is man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel, which is just a a brilliant turn of phrase and a brilliant insight (laughs) into the incarnation, incarnation. and what we often get is please – in flesh with us to dwell which is still technically true but it sort yes. kind of like kills the po- the poetic
27: it kills the poetry i was just talking with my wife about this yesterday about how we butcher that line of poetry from charles wesley yeah. yes
2: indeed all right so uh we'll move on from wesley then to some <laughs> latin, <laughs> latin that you had to actually translate without making that same mistake so which one did you want to look at today
27: yeah, so we talked last week about this Laud's Morning Prayer hymn that's used for every day of Advent up until uh, December 17th, and we just finished uh, last week talking about the first stanza, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about that and the second stanza, because there's, so there's so much in this hymn, and there's a reason the Church gives it to us every day for morning prayer uh, for the first part of Advent up until uh, December 17th. So I want to just read it again. Um, the new translation that uh, you can get in the Divine Office Hymnal that's going to be coming out in the new revised version of the Liturgy of the Hours in the next couple of years. Um, And then we'll talk a a little bit about some of this ambiguity, some of this uh, multiplicity of meaning that's there in the text. Behold a voice resounding clear, rebuking hidden fears and deeds. Let dreams be driven far away, for Christ shines forth from heaven's height. Now let the weary soul arise, infirm and wounded by her sin. A new star now sends forth its light to rid the world of every harm. The Lamb is sent from realms on high to free us from our mortal debt. Let every voice give thankful praise and weep for tender mercy shown that when he comes like lightning flash and terror grips the world in dread he need not punish us for guilt but with compassion shield us then praise to the father god most high all victory to his only son do honor to the spirit blessed through endless ages evermore amen
2: yeah, you shared that one with us last time, and, and it's just just hearing it again. And of course, you hear it again and again, uh, you know, throughout Advent. It's there's there's some richness there. But which nuance did you want to point out this week?
27: All right, so I want to quickly, I want to move beyond the first stanza, but I do want to point out in Latin the second line is actually more vague than we've translated it. Literally, a voice, a clear voice. Behold, a clear voice sounds rebuking. Obscura Queque, literally rebuking certain hidden things, which is kind of funny because it's intentionally vague and the the thing that's vague is hidden things, which is vague in and of itself. So there's something beautifully general about rebuking certain hidden things. We're not even going to say what those hidden things are because we have to make this a, a hymn that's general enough that everybody can pray it and kind of bring to it, whatever, is uh, going on in their life, right? So it's a bit like the confidior, we're not going to specify in the confidior at Mass, I confess, uh, we're not going to name specific sins, because this has to be a sort of general confession everybody can make at the beginning of Mass. So we just, we cover the general categories of sin. Um, so I think here, a similar thing is at work, where we're not going to name specifically what the hidden things are. Um, we're just going to sort of Say hidden things, and then whatever those hidden things happen to be for you or for me, we can we can think of what those are, um, and we're not even saying whose voice it is. Uh, we're just sort of left to figure out. You know, of course, it's John the Baptist, the voice crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. But it's also it's also anybody's voice who's who's speaking truth and calling us to repentance. Um, so in a way, we're all called to be that voice in Advent. Uh, and we 're all called to hear that voice in Advent uh, to help us prepare for the coming of the Lord, but there's yeah. also an ambiguity in the th- in the second stanza we make a reference to a new star sends forth its light. Now we know who that star is, um, but we 're not we 're not naming him uh, and we 're not saying you know, the son of God is coming or the day star or the son of justice. We're just saying a new star sends forth its light. So all of these sort of vague references to things in the hymn are prompting us to reflect and even to contemplate who is the voice? What are the hidden things in my life that, that need to be rebuked? Who is the star sending forth its light? And what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for you? It's, it's a beautifully open, um, text that calls us to reflect and contemplate, and it doesn't it doesn't overspell it out.
2: Well, what I like about this is that we're in the Advent season, and even though you and I and everybody listening knows the spoiler of, of what's <laughs> right. going to happen, it does allow us to kind of go back into that space, like, what if we didn't know how this was all going to work out? How would we react? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that is sort of the beauty of, of the darkness and the quiet and uh, all these readings of preparation that we hear uh, during Advent throughout all the things that the church gives us. Uh, Dr. Benjamin Lewis, we've got you linked, and I sell at com. Have a
7: wonderful day. Great stuff as always. Thanks, Matt. All right. We're back after this.
0: It's 11 till. Support is from Metashare.
7: So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care, and here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join Metashare. And save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE.
13: 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. I'm Matt Swaim,
2: joined now by Marlon De La Torre from the Diocese of Columbus. He's got a website uh, called knowingisdoing.org. Marlon, good morning. Good morning,
28: Matt. Go Bucks.
2: All right. So you wanted to share a story about a guy you're going to call John. Uh, and yeah. uh, we can uh, maybe use that story as a launch point for today's conversation, sure. but share that with us.
28: He, he was annoyingly happy. Um, he just had a very unique disposition where, uh, you would encounter John and everything was always with a smile. Uh, he had just this, this beautiful disposition about him. And you have to ask yourself when you first encounter John, can't be real. And, uh, with cynicism, uh, uh, abounding sometimes and us feeling either neglected or uh, dealing with our wounds, whatever the case may be, we encounter someone who just can't be that happy or can't. Be that positive or have a positive outlook, and this was John, and when I first encountered him, uh, I was taken back by just uh, literally his uh, approach and sincerity to the world. Uh, every human being was a gift to him every opportunity was was a uh, was a joy uh, his smile um, was also just very piercing. Um, and he would look at you w- w- he, with these beautiful eyes because he was, he, you knew he was thinking, you knew he was processing, you knew in many respects he just viewed the world differently. You wanted to ask yourself, why? Why is that so unique for him? Why is that so distinct? Why can't I uh, do what he does? And so I, I learned a lot from John early on in my life. Uh, he came at the right time where I, where I, I saw that it's possible to really be docile to our Lord and have a joy even through suffering. And this was probably one of the greatest things that he taught me is uh, how he embraced uh, the calamities of life, but still was able to smile even towards his enemies. This was the most, most telling about John. So um, I decided because uh, I've known John for a long, long time, and he's still alive, still going strong with his ministry, that uh, he was fitting and apropos for this Advent season.
2: I think that we've all known people who are positive but the question is is positivity <laughs> the same yeah. as as joy Correct. uh Correct. because you know we can look at um you know a lot of different sort of cultural mm-hmm. aspects of positivity and and how mm-hmm. you know if somebody like Ted Lasso can tell everybody to of believe, believe right believe, or, yeah. uh, or to you know various things that talk about have hope right mm-hmm. uh, or or even yeah, it, all all these different realms but but most of them don't ever say answer the question but
28: why <laughs> like, exactly
2: so that's i mean exactly. that's that's why i think it's important to kind of complete this thought
28: oh I, I i agree because he for for john because i asked him because some people would treat him poorly or he had superiors that i would observe and and they would just be demeaning t- to him <clears throat> and i asked him one day john look um why why do you allow that to happen? I mean you have a role, you're in charge of things and but yet you allow these particular supervisors just to walk all over you and he, you know what matt his his responses were really awestruck for me spiritually because you know what he, his simple response was, well you don't know what they're going through. I mean I think he said i i I need just to uh to offer them joy." and and it's okay because whatever they're going through, whatever calamity, really it's not against me personally. It's, it's whatever they're dealing with. So I've got to be a light to them. And it's, it's, it's fitting with to, to always be prepared, uh, to have your eyes and ears open, and, and this is what John did, and um, I mean, I try to tie this in with Paul's second letter to the Corinthians to to really be mindful, all right, uh, of our obstacles and to not allow these obstacles to get in our way, to uh, be able to in, in endure beatings, punishments, tumults, labors, uh, but do it with genuine love, and this is what John did. And he really set an example in the tone for how to deal with, with life, how to deal with human beings we disagree with, and really not to take things personal. We just don't know what the other person is dealing with, and that's a very hard thing to do. But for whatever reason, John had a beautiful way of doing it. still does it to this day.
2: Well, I am a person who is I, – I try and be – happy and positive right and sure. i try and be joyful i try and you know be honest when i'm not feeling that way as well but i wonder maybe you know I mean, none of us do this perfectly so yeah. what would be maybe one thing you'd recommend uh to us listening today to to really let that joy set in and but let it be something that that maybe shows in a way that might encourage someone to ask us like you were encouraged to ask john about where that comes from
28: yeah you, you know it's a great point i think for us uh knowing that uh we have value it, i think is very important i may sound very, very very generic but really it's getting back to the identity of of our incarnation and what I mean by that is just we have an incarnate reality. We we exist because God loves us. And and John told me that once. Said, Marla, I'm happy because God made me. I have an opportunity to really reflect his love. And I didn't put this in the piece, but it's like, you know what? That's just very simple but very profound. And if, if we take the day to uh, really appreciate and recognize who we are, the gifts that he's given us, that our graces are greater than our sins, that any impediment in life really does not define who we are as God's son or daughter. I think that simple entryway would would really uh, lay the foundation and focus of who we are as disciples, as servants of the gospel. And that's what John did. He had a beautiful attitude and a beautiful spiritual holy habit.
2: Yeah. And uh, again, this also comes because of what we know, We not just that we know that we're made, but we know what we're made for. We're made for more than just this world. Uh, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen, if our hope in Christ is for this life only, we are of all mm. men most to be pitied, <laughs> right? Correct. But we know that we have hope in Christ Correct. for this life and into the next, if only we place ourselves in his will. Amen. Arnold De La Torre, we've got knowingisdoing.org, linked to sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a great day. We'll talk to you, you soon.
28: You too, Matt. Go Bucks.
2: All right. And we're back again tomorrow. Hope that you'll be back again tomorrow as well. In the meantime, I'm Matt Swain for all of us here. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
9: The Comboni missionaries present the 76th annual Nativity Experience, a family favorite for generations. The birth of Christ is retold in an incredible room-sized animated diorama of the Holy Land. Admission is free. Donations to food banks accepted. The Nativity Experience at the Comboni Mission Center in Anderson. Open 6 to 8 p.m. daily, December 15th through 30th. Close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. More information at combonimissionaries.org slash nativity.
2: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com.
0: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espencheid Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky, Fred Espencheid, your pro-life plumber. 859 859-441-0950.
27: 859-441-0950. Catholic Engaged
2: Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
10: What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives.
2: More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass.
10: More information is at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com.
0: In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org.
9: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com.
19: I'm Deacon Bill Mullaney from Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish. Thank you for listening to Sacred
0: Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream.